here we in here we are at the uh, the year end spectacular, the last show of 2018. How do you guys feel? Yeah. Deeply sad. Yeah, that this wondrous year is over. Guess what, folks? There's a whole other one coming right after it. It's a never-ending cycle. This doesn't end until you end it yourself. I'm not saying to kill yourself if you're unhappy. I'm just saying that is an option. Here's the thing about suicide, folks. It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. That's a good solution. (laughs) (laughs) You never have to worry about that problem again. There's been so many great things that's happened this year, and I can't wait to talk about all of them. So let's get into this New Year's episode. Schwammo. Tis I, the Prince of Podcasting, the Bipolar Rock and Roller, the Sultan of Slits, the Godfather of Gaish. In the new year, I might cut down on some of these nicknames. You know? Is that, yeah. your, is that your resolution? It's a bit superfluous, if you ask me. <laughs> I'm going to start using superfluous sur- more. Sultan of superfluousness. <laughs> Superfluidity? Yeah. Is that okay, what it would good. Is oh, that a Jesus word? Christ. I have no idea. <laughs> it is it should now. be. It is now. God damn it. Episode 190 of Pillow Fort Radio, the world's greatest fucking podcast. Um, we're 10 away from 200 episodes. Nobody thought we were going to do this, and nobody cared that we started. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing's changed. So we're, we're right where we started from. Remarkable. We we've, got, we've got at least 10 or 15 people to fucking dig the shit out of this, and that's fine. Exactly. As always, I'm joined by the White Samoan, the Vanilla Gorilla, the... The first black man to ever die skate backwards down the Kanawha River. Allegheny. The Allegheny ape. <laughs> the Irish assassin. <laughs> okay, I'll take it. Okay, that'd be a good wrestling character. Yeah, you'd have to make him from Northern Ireland. He could be yeah. play that angle up. <laughs> Always with the Molotov cocktail. And the Irish, the Northern Irish flag is, looks very aggressive. It's, it's got that fucking red hand. It's a in snake the with a shiv. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's old Chucky Tater Sex over there. <laughs> and as always, the returning champion, the world's greatest claw machine operator, the uh, the. Reba McIntyre of Regenerative <laughs> Farming. Give him one chance fancy. He won't let you down. That's John the Magic Stick Morgan. That's his fight name. His uh, <laughs> nickname. The Magic Stick. The magic Stick. Yeah. I got the Magic Stick. Yeah. Mm. Then, then he came out with, I got a lollipop. <laughs> Rap is stupid. That's John Morgan, everybody. He's uh, he's here. He's queer. Get used to it. Uh, <laughs> episode 190, and I'm drinking whiskey. Just a light touch of whiskey in my fresca. It's been three months, a almost rare, to the day since I've drank. A rare event yeah. these days. Yeah, I just it's the, it's the last show of the year. So I figure it's time to get into it. This is like our New Year's episode. Pretty much. It's going to come out the day after Christmas, but what do these people know? Yeah. For all they know, this thing's live. Yeah. People are so stupid, <laughs> yeah. including our listeners. <laughs> Fucking dipshits. Especially our listeners. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Venn diagram of stupid people and our listeners is just a Venn diagram. It's just a circle. 
At least there we're is, not. At least we're not. No, there is no cross hatching when it's a uh, when it's a chart. I mean, they're not that stupid because they're not paying for it. That is true. And if we asked them to pay for it, it would be a resounding no. Yeah, it would be. It would echo through the mountains and the valleys. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, <laughs> crickets. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Quit talking about the same stuff over and over. <laughs> yeah, we do tend to do. That. Yeah, what are we gonna do? Uh, we're only three men. Yeah, we were just three boys. We wanted to start a podcast <laughs> from Liverpool. <laughs> we started a podcast. We were just three boys. <laughs> Just three boys. <clears throat> we were just three boys. <laughs> Which one was that? The, that? That we were just three boys. That would be Ringo, right? I thought he was. I, he we was, were just three boys. That's yeah, Ringo. Yeah, that's Ringo. John B. We were just three boys. Paul's. <laughs> we were just three boys. <laughs> George's. We well, was, George really didn't say anything. George would be like, "Whatever they said." <laughs> That's unfair. What it, no, whatever. One of my favorite clips of George ever. It's in the Let It Be documentary, and like Paul is giving George, George down the road about what he's playing and like how he does. He wants him to play this. Either tell me what to play and I'll play it, or I won't play at all. Whatever I can do that would please you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love great. watching those bands come apart at the seams. On oh yeah, because the, the creative process isn't variably going to you know, especially when you got. I remember seeing Aerosmith, uh, the the documentary for Pump when they were making Pump, which was a good album. I don't and, remember. Oh, it had What It Takes on. Oh it, yeah, and a great album. Janie's Janie's got a gun. Was Love on in an Elevator. Yeah. All that stuff was on there. Great, great album. And they were the the drummer. Steven Tyler's a good drummer too. Yeah. So he would kept fucking with the drummer. I can't even remember the guy's name. And um, and Steven started playing the drum piece and really just pissing him off. Like, <laughs> no, it's like this. And this is all you got to do. And the drums start playing themselves. Now wrap a scarf around your neck. You got it. Throw a little harmonica in there for the fuck, fuck's What's sake. What's wrong? Well, what are we even doing here? Scarf around your mic stand, too. Here. Multiple scarves. Multiple. Let's have some scarves. I almost just said, for the it's, fuck of God. It's, it's scarf o'clock, motherfucker. <laughs> Fabric 30 <laughs> I like that one even better <laughs> Scarf o'clock Fabric 30 <laughs> Anyway How you guys been doing this week uh, Christmas time New year's time It's all here It's all happening I feel like I haven't got to jam down on as, on as many Christmas movies As I would like Because Netflix's Christmas movie selection Blows right now well, they got that one new one with yeah. They don't Russell. have a lot. Of good yeah, I haven't yeah. watched that. I've been saving that one for like Christmas. No, like I'm not gonna watch that. There's a pretty good one. Um, if you go into the Mystery Science Theater, there's the Christmas that almost wasn't where they make fun of it. That's pretty good. It's like a live action Santa Claus versus the Martians. That was that's that's probably on there too. Yeah, that's a pretty good Christmas movie. I could probably find some Ernest Saves Christmas or something on YouTube, but I'm but they've really cut back. For that but, one. There, but there used to be a lot more Christmas movies on YouTube. It wasn't re- well regulated. Mm-hmm. Just in the last year or two, they've really started. Oh, yeah, they, to yeah, they have cracked down. You you can't find nearly as many old free eighties movies and shit. Mm-hmm. It's all gone. 
See if Ernest Let's get into that for a second. What's the best Ernest movie? Ernest Saves I, Christmas is on there. Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, absolutely. Ernest Goes Thank to Camp you. all day, every day. There's Not that Scared Stupid isn't amazing. Not that Ernest Saved Christmas <laughs> isn't fantastic. Ernest Goes to Africa. These are all achievements <laughs> in filmmaking. I never saw that. <laughs> oh, it's real. Is that a newer one? <laughs> it was one right toward the end. <laughs> I missed that one. I think, yeah. These are all achievements in filmmaking. There's no... If Sands are up, or what is up with Ernest? Was he a mentally challenged person, or um, no? He was a he was a legit comedian. Yeah, Jim he was like a stand up. Well, comedian. I know, but I'm saying the character was the character shtick that he was a mentally challenged it's, person, or it's something. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, it is. He's, he dresses like Ernest P. Worrell, right? Or Ernest T. Bass. Ernest T. Bass. Yes. Yeah, that's who he dresses. Yeah, he like. really does. Like like exactly like him. I wonder if that's it's got to be an cobbled together because he's from you know, North Carolina. Ernest yeah. is so. Mm-hmm. That's where the character his, his originated. Ads, right, his ads. He used to do shopping minute ads. He used to do local car car ads. You ever seen that Ernest Gray's hits? I believe we played it on here before. Oh well, I mean, that there was Ernest family album which had Billy Boogie Whirl and Lloyd. I mean, all this fun, really funny characters. But then he did, he did bits and and like commercials for a while, and they were funny, you know. And we, me and my cousins, love them. We used to sit around and watch them all the time. That was one of our big pastimes during Christmas. Speaking of Christmas movies, digress a little bit. Ernest, I mean uh, Pee Wee's Christmas special. Yep, I watch it's it. fucking tremendous. I watch it every every Christmas morning. I go to my mom's house and we watch it. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> Donna Shore calls and singing, and she just keeps singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, it's fucking. Um, it's really weird. Like that movie, that show, like the Ernest show, or not Ernest, but the Pee Wee's show. Yeah. They were contemporaries was, too. Like, was, kind of, yeah, because they used to come on right back, back, back right. to back. Hey, Vernon's Ernest and, and uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Like that was it was meant for kids, obviously, but they Pee Wee's Playhouse wasn't. Well, I mean, it was for us, but it was like it was trippy as fuck. Well, what it was, there was enough shit in it for kids. Originally, talking chairs and the Pee Wee Herman character was created as a sta- like Paul Rubens, I think, was a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he had a special on HBO before it, it, even before he was Pee Wee. Or as Pee Wee, as Pee Wee. Okay, yeah, he had, yeah, he had that, and it was the basically the framework for Pee Wee's Playhouse, where you had Captain Carl was played by uh, Phil Hartman, yeah, yeah, and he did really good. And then they just kind of turned that into a show, and it was a kids' show, but it wasn't. Like I remember, he, he had the the girl, the woman Missy Vaughn on there, who was always in the hoop skirt and dressed like the fifties woman. And they were like doing turbulence or something. Supposed to be doing turbulence in an airplane, and her tits were shaking everywhere. And he's like in the in, in the in the frame looking at him. <laughs> I mean, it, they really did some things sometimes that were like. Whew. Here's the Ernest Saves Christmas VHS trailer. Oh God. In the past, there have been many traditional ways to celebrate Christmas. With songs, with gifts, with family and friends. This year, there's a new way. Ho, 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 Vern! With Ernest. (laughs) Ernest P. Worrell. He's back on the big screen. Know what I mean? Back to save Santa. Santa's in the slammer. Look at those beady, twinkling eyes. Back to save Christmas. 
<laughs> Back to save face. You did me. That's life for you. Isn't she a doll? Ernest P. Worrell. Mr. Fundy. In the mission they said couldn't be done. On Comet. On Cupid. On Donder. In the movie they said shouldn't be done. <laughs> <laughs> You guys say you have a problem with reindeer? Is that Esopatha Mercus? This holiday season, from the tree, light the candles, deck the halls, and hit the deck. Because Ernest B. Worrell's coming to town. And he's coming this Christmas with colorful covers and festively wrapped packages. Air breaks. <laughs> I fucking laughed so hard we when I saw it in the theater. Yeah. That got a bigger pop than Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Dad took us to see that, and when Mom, we used to go to Park Place, and Dad would take us to the movies, and Mom would go over to the mall and shop. Yeah, and we'd have to ride home with all of our Christmas presents in the back. And not look at them. Yeah. Don't look back there. Yeah, you're not they allowed were, to. I don't know if if this was during the uh, station wagon time. Mm. We did have a station wagon for a while. I love that fucking big ass thing. Yeah. It's fucking huge. Huge. It was a woody. Huge. We had the station wagon until Dad started doing the minivan thing. Mm. Then we had a couple minivans. I don't. I don't care for the minivan in any capacity. It's very practical if you've got a bunch of kids and bullshit to haul around, and you, and you like going on vacations and taking ex- just absurd amounts of things with you <laughs> on your vacations. That's so much so that you need a trailer in addition to the minivan. No, to, Jesus! Why don't you just get the big van, like the a conversion, the Econo line? Well, because you only need that much space a couple times a year. Yeah, that's true. But no, yeah, Dad would. We'd get ready for vacation. It would be like just loads and loads of shit. And it'd be like stuff like, Dad, why are you taking this? I'm bringing it for you. We don't want it. I'm doing it for you. <laughs> no, you're not. Doing all of We're this. We're telling for you to not do it. You ungrateful little twat. <laughs> <laughs> this is all for you. Now shut the fuck up. That's uh, kind of like that, but <laughs> turned down a little bit. It's a Christian, ver- the Christian version of that. <laughs> Yeah, fucking Ernest and uh, uh, Pee-wee. That, that was a big part of Saturday morning. Yeah. Coming up. Now, did you guys ever get... Did you get into the Claymation Christmas? Sure. Movies? It was okay. yeah, it now, was did you ever watch? Did you ever watch the one called um, Life and Adventures of Santa Claus or something like that? No, I think you're thinking of... Well, is that the one... There's, it's like really fantastical. Yeah. But it's Claymation. And he's dying or something, and they're... Well, like they go, they go, they go through like his life. He's like raised by yeah. fairies and shit mm-hmm. in the woods. He's like raised as a woodsman with all these like mythical, magical beings, mm-hmm. and and that's how he gets his powers because he's a, he's mortal, but he's raised with these magical things. And then like there's all these weird battle scenes where they they come out and like to protect Santa from the evil, yeah, what you call it, some I remember. Like, fight dragons and mm-hmm. shit. And there's this badass like Gandalf like wizard character that's mm-hmm. like his, like the king, the king of the good guys, yeah. That I, I could, that used to always be on YouTube. It's not anymore, and it breaks my heart because I it's like it's like my favorite Christmas shit. It's is like it, it's like so dark and weird. Is it this? I shared a thing about. 
Yes. Yeah, I remember it. Okay, this is a trailer or something. Yes. How shall I begin this? That's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, it's Claymation and stop motion is so time consuming. It's well, there's the that, but it's fucking amazing. We live so like Wallace and Gromit. Wallace and Gromit's awesome. Yeah, it is. The sorrow and misery that see, this is the one where he was dying, and they were debating over whether he should be made immortal. Who inhabit the open I remember this. spaces of the earth. Well, they just debate on whether or not... I forget. It was a short 60 years or so ago, an instant in immortal time, that I came upon the... Well, he's not a... Abandoned... A little redhead, a little ginger baby. ...edge of the forest. A little piece of shit just laying there. I left the child with the lioness Chiegra. I ordered her to lie close to the babe and to give it her milk. And to send word throughout crazy. the forest that the child Santa was raised on home. lion's milk. So he's part lion. Otherwise, he would have been Shiegra's evening meal. Great Ak, what is a child? <laughs> you were always as you are now, Nasil, as immortal. This is really will always be. It's out there. I like it. Nothing. That's what I, it's very imaginative. And, and, and there's like battle scenes and stuff. It's great. So decreed by our laws. Oh, it starts singing all of a sudden. I love it. Yeah, and the music's like real dark and weird. Yeah. I like when they, when people take a, a, a trope and turn it on its head or try But this is based on a book. I mean, this is like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is legit. There's there's other versions of this that suck that they made into films. Or <laughs> but this is the best version. But there's actually a book backing this up. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a book. I think the audio is. It's called the life, here. the life and Adventures of Santa Claus. I think is what it's called. Or, is that what I said? Uh, the Life and Adventures of Santa Claus. Yes, yeah. it's an audio it's book. A, There's three hours and twenty one minutes of it. You guys want to get into it? We could just let that play. <laughs> yeah, we could just go the fuck off. <laughs> I mean, yes and no, <laughs> sort of, but that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite an undertaking. <laughs> I mean, there's a. I mean, there's things to do. It's, it's already like eight thirty. I mean, <laughs> I am forty one. There, yeah, there's the life and adventures of Santa Claus from two thousand. Here's the official trailer. It's a. It is not stop motion though. It is. Yeah, they can eat a dick with that. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're going to have a Christmas movie, it better be claymation. stop motion. It's claymation, or it better be like live action. Hidden. Here's the uh, eyes. When they made Look at that shit ass fucking am- animation. This is bullshit. You see what I'm saying? By humans, the garbage. Gay. But the garbage. Gay. Story began. G H E Y Gay. This child. Okay. I don't like it. Whoever did that should be arrested. And what's the other? Some other classic ones I would watch. Uh, Here comes Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming. There's to the town. Rudolph claymation, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Santa, Santa Claus is coming to town. Is all right. There's there was a, a sister one to the Santa Claus is coming to town though. Santa Claus is leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> no, it's the same characters. It's the same shit. But Santa Claus is leaving um, on a jet plane. He wrecks the sleigh and everybody dies. I can't remember the name of it, but <laughs> it really it's like, took risks. It's the same character, the same Santa Claus character in the same world. Just mm-hmm. Burl Ives, but it's a different to do with it. Ah, uh, no. Damn it, Burl Ives. But that one's really good. Yeah. Then the Rudolph one is really good. With the, the fucking elf that wants to be a dentist. Yeah, how random. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a dentist. And uh, one, what? Of the, 
what was the f- like there were some articles about how problematic Rudolph oh, is. Fuck. Oh God. <laughs> this is like come on guys. He wins. In the end he wins. <laughs> it's a movie about like overcoming an- adversity. Anti bully yeah. movie. It's like they're taking the bully parts out of uh, a Christmas story. Do you hear this bullshit? No. I don't think they have are. you heard about this? Have you have, have no you heard way. about this? No I don't way. think they really are. I think people were wanting them to, but I don't think TBS is gonna go through all that fucking trouble. I mean, that's what, a, that is a fucking legitimate in our lifetime classic. That's yeah. That's and, they're, censorship. and they're gonna fuck it. You know what I mean? That's like censorship. That's like t- that's like cutting chapters out of To Kill a Mockingbird or something like that's fucked up. It's rewriting history. Yeah, I mean that's that's another tangent right there with To Kill a Mockingbird. I won't go down that path, but you can if you want. Well, Harper Lee, they published the first book she wrote. Which is uh, called Ghost Set a Watchman. And it's the same characters, only it's Scout when she's older. She's like grown up and coming back. And it turns out Atticus was a racist all along, but he just thought that everybody deserved a fair trial. You know what I mean? Right. So they said, well, you took, and, and everybody got pissed off. They took this, this iconic character and, and trashed him. It's like, no, it's called layering. It's called fucking being a human being. And, and, and I just want to, Tell people to shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? Read the thing, and if you don't like it, shut the fuck up. Say, I didn't like it, and that's it. Not try to ban it, not try to... You know what I mean? Fuck off. So what were they wanting to do? Exactly. They, did, they were Cut pissed out how he was a piece of shit a little bit? Well, they, no, they were... No, they, they were pissed off because they released Ghost Set of Watchmen, and it and it portrayed Atticus, Atticus Finch in a far less uh, heroic light. Was that, and, was that the newer one that she put out? Yes. It's not new, though. It was written shit. It was written before To Kill a Mockingbird. But she, re- but but she it got rejected. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so. Because I know she her just, estate released it. Oh. And uh, people were pissed off about it. You know, I remember even getting an argument with somebody saying they shouldn't have published that. I was like, why? Because this fucking, this writer who, who wrote legitimately one of the, the, possibly the greatest American novel, I mean, arguably, arguably. I mean, Dianetics. I mean, I mean, ba- Battlefield Earth. I mean, yeah. come on, I mean, uh, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's it's two thousand pages. <laughs> Shit, no, <laughs> yeah. the economy of words. Yeah. So much information. You've used that twice now in the past couple of days. <laughs> I see that you're you're ripping me off for the for the economy of words. No, I hear other people say that all the time. I'm sure someone said it before you. Sure. Uh, Dan Carlin actually said that. I mean, he was. That's one of his big. That's a comedian thing because they uh, don't want to be superfluous with their words, right? Hey, See, I'm using superfluous. Superfluous. A lot. Superfluous. It's pronounced superfluous. I don't really care how you pronounce it. Around here, we call it superfluous. I'm not. Uh, superfluous. I'm not trying to like display how I'm pronouncing it. I'm telling you, it is pronounced superfluous. Superfluous. You can take the way you pronounce it and stick it in your crack, pal. Don't really care. Stuff your sorry <laughs> sack. This depends on how big it is. Anyway, <laughs> um, fuck. Should we do like a year end countdown or like a year end favorite thing? Ten, or? nine, <laughs> eight. Um, we could just keep sh- shooting the shit right now. We're only twenty minutes in. Uh, well, Christmas Story two. Did they really do that? Yeah, they did, and it was fucking garbage. garbage. <laughs> I'm I'm retroactively angry about this. <laughs> Daniel Stern played his dad. It's fucking awful, dude. You're not retro. Came out in 2012. Yeah, you're it's bad. Why did we do this? Was, were people asking about this? No, Randy Quaid, I think, was in that. 
Maybe. Because Daniel Stern did the uh, voiceover for the first one, didn't he? No, that's Gene Shepard. Oh, Daniel Stern is the voiceover guy for Wonder Years. Wonder Years, yeah. So stupid. Gene Shepard had the book, uh, wrote the book, In God We Trust All Others Pay Cash. Yeah. And he was actually a radio... He was kind of like uh, Garrison Keeler. Oh, yeah. Why did they... Why is he done? Okay. Here's what happened to Garrison Keeler. Okay. And if it's legit, I'll shut up, but... There's a woman who was having, like, a mental thing, like, something going on in her family, and he put his hand on her shoulder to comfort her and went down her to the small of her back to, like, rub her back. And they, they were friends, colleagues. They worked together. And it made her uncomfortable years later and got him fired. And he apologized profusely like because he didn't realize his arm was going down small of her back. He didn't touch her ass. That makes me feel better because I've always loved him. I've, He's I, great. The, a Prairie Home Companion is... Fuck, it'll put you to sleep sometimes, but it's that... Good, warm, Christmassy feeling every time you fucking... They changed, you know. they changed the name of it, and I forget who uh, hosts it now, but Tom Papa, the comedian Tom Papa, mm-hmm. who's great, he he does a, like a monologue on it every week. God. And, uh, it's just like a whole big thing now. They had a movie. Yeah, it was good. They had Lindsay yeah, Lohan yeah, in it. Yeah. And uh, who else was in it? Uh, Kevin Klein was yeah, in it. I love Kevin um, Klein. I do, too. He's a big Kevin good. Klein fan. <laughs> Big, big Kevin, Kevin Klein, Klein Mark. <laughs> that's that's an odd thing to say. <laughs> the, because he's, Kevin because he's good, but he's fine. In and out was great. Big chill. Yeah. Um let's dance in the kitchen. And then that be the only scene anybody talks about. Um I beg to differ. I've only seen sir. it once whenever I was a child. That's a great movie. Had Jeff Goldblum in all of his Goldbluminess. I, um, even though I love the fact that on fucking Thor Ragnarok, he was just playing himself. Turned up to 10. 12. And he knew it. <laughs> okay, here's the cast of the movie, uh, Prairie Home Companion. Lily Tomlin, Meryl Streep, Woody Harrelson, John C. Riley, Mary Lou Burr something, L.Q. Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, Garrison Keeler, Kevin Klein, Lindsay Lohan, Virginia Madsen, Maya Rudolph, Tim Russell, Sue Scott. Jesus Christ. Uh, Robin Williams as himself, but I don't think it's that Robin Williams. There's no way it's not that Robin Williams. Though. Yeah, that, that would be probably him. I remember liking that movie a lot. Yeah, I remember buying it on uh, DVD just to give it a shot and start watching. I was like, this is fucking amazing. This is literally like watching the show they put on every week as a movie. And Garrison Keillor's in it, and he's vaguely... Garrison know, Keillory? Yeah, he's wearing the, the sneakers, and he's got, you know... That's, that's the thing he's known for, is always wearing sneakers. And um, I don't know, man. There are some things... I know we've talked about NPR before. I I, I love NPR. I, I think it's. I don't know. There's something comforting. I haven't about listened it. to it in a long time, but I used to like it. Okay. I mean, I know it's it is slanted left. I mean, it really is. But it's now called live from especially here. Especially here lately. Yeah. When Obama now I will say when Obama was on when when Obama was in office, they were one of the news sources that actually did criticize him. Sure. Um, but. In the last couple of years, I've been listening to it pretty heavily since Trump's been in office and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty obviously left biased. Okay, like extremely so, I would say. We've danced around this for, and I don't even like using the words left and right. I don't, yeah, I'm getting sick of it too, to be quite honest. It doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But that, that Alexandria Ocasio Cortez says something really smart about that. She says most things aren't left or right; it's top down. It's like the the most uh, 
powerful, wealthy people in the government down. Authoritarianism versus libertarianism. Yeah. Right. That's a better spectrum. But here's the thing. Okay. Trump pulled the troops out of Syria. Okay. Fuck yeah. It was like two to 4,000 people. Boots on the ground. And I... Agree with it. I mean, I, I'm one of these people who don't think we should be fighting these dumbass wars. We need to start all. cutting back on that bullshit. Yes. Right? But I don't, I know he didn't do it because he actually gave a fuck. The reason he did it is because his ass is, his goose is fucking cooked. He's getting ready to be taken out of office and he needs a win. That's the reason but nobody he likes him. But everyone hates him. He's not it. winning. Everybody hates him. I know. All the liberals hate it. I the, didn't say, the, I didn't say it had the effect that he, that he wanted an, it to the, have. The anti-war liberals who spent eight years when George W. Bush was in office screaming about how these wars are illegal and terrible. And they're all war criminals. And now, and then when Obama got in office, well, he inherited it. What's he going to do? Yeah. It's not, he inherited it. It's not his fault. He's just trying to clean up their mess. And now that Trump is, yeah, I don't care what his his um uh fucking motivations are for it. I don't care. It, just get them out. Get them all out. Bring them all home. We need to do that like get, get times a million. All these bases we have all around the world for no fucking reason. Yeah. Get stop it. Get them all out. It's not for no reason. It's Well, to <laughs> it's empire. Yeah, it's for to maintain the empire. I don't know, man. But, Having heard how you could think in in a couple of different ways about it. Like having heard how World War One broke out, and then which was just World War One. World War Two is just World War One Part Two, and yeah, um, that's kind of what they call it. it, it well, <laughs> but I'm saying, I'm saying, Part it's, two. I'm saying it's the same war. World War Two. They just had to take electric boogaloo. <laughs> they just had to take a twenty year break from punching the shit out of each other. So, but the reason it happened is because because of because there's no. It, there's no structure. There's no, you know what I mean? The structure collapsed, which caused the war. That's what happened. You had uh, Hindenburg, who had put together this incredible series of alliances, and he was a genius, political genius, and then it fell to people like Kaiser Wilhelm and Tsar Nicholas and these people who were fucking dumb. They were just were dumb people. And we're told they were intelligent, because they're hereditary monarchs. And you can't go up to the king and say, you're a dumb fuck. You're because- all right, but your son's a real dip. A real dip. <laughs> real dip. Just a- As in dip shit. Yeah, just, a- <laughs> just a dullard. <laughs> well, that, but that's how they always... I love dullard, too. Such a great Dullard's word. a great one. And that describes Kaiser Wilhelm to a fucking T. Tsar Ka- uh, Nicholas was more of a, a well-meaning nitwit. Like he was, he was not oh, well. So he was curly from the Three Stooges. No, that's more of a buffoon. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's differentiate yeah. a nitwit, a buffoon, a buffoon is somebody. He's who's, like a bull in a china shop. He, exactly. He's going to break something. It's going to be okay. I'm do, more of a buffoon. Okay. Where, exactly. where does where does simpleton play into this? Simpleton means <laughs> all these are great words. All these are great words for stupid people. I love it. Simpleton, dullard, dimwit, nitwit, dip, just dip. dip. Not even worth the effort to say shit. Just a dip. Dork. Dork's different. Um, But anyway, Kaiser Wilhelm was just... You know all the, the all the royal families are all the royal royalty are related through yeah, that's through what Queen Victoria. You know that I almost guarantee you that Putin is related to um, their British monarchs. He looks just like them. 
It's possible, but with, and I would almost say that the Bushes are related to them too. I don't know, man. But here's the thing about that because and Obama. Once, once the <laughs> once no, once the uh, I've heard people make that argument. Ew, fuck, well, maybe in some fashion. But once the Czar and 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 all his progeny were murdered in cold blood in the middle of torn to shreds, basically by a uh, by the Bolsheviks and all that shit. You know, it's they're going to make me play some. Uh, some Ivan Koloff. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, he he was he he got the job, and then he sacked Hindenburg, and you know, and then he said, "Well, I'm going to be my own chancellor and do all this shit," and he's a dumb shit. Like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing, and then then that's the reason that shit happened. Is a giant meat grinder that everybody got fucking dumped in, and everybody's dead. You know what I mean? I was again. I know I've gone over this before, but I'm almost done. I've got I've got an episode and a half left of uh, uh, Blueprint for Armageddon. Okay, yeah. so I've been listening to it again and, and taking it all in again. And if you ever get a chance, you need to listen to that fucking show. You would love it. Um, the hardcore history, podcast. hardcore history. Oh, it's like an audio. Audio book this podcast, is, this is like the most entertaining history lesson you'll ever get. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> hey, all right, the. Because he D- talks like this He's very quiet <laughs> and, and all these things are going to do <laughs> These things are going to happen Whether you like it or not <laughs> I mean, He talks sort of quiet So you have to really listen He's kind of folksy And he's really great from Michigan and, yeah. he's, he's really uh, nice to it's listen It's almost to. as though He's fishing while he's telling <laughs> yeah, you It's really yes And I'm true. not joking It almost seems <laughs> as though He's really casting a, a line That's a real good analogy <laughs> And anyway um, Just for To put this in perspective About the meat grinder About how bad World War One is in the Civil War, the the final tally of, of war dead, 650,000 people. How many? 650,000. Are you serious? Yes. That's, of course, the bloodiest because both sides are Americans. They lost that in 1861 to 1865. They lost that in a fucking month. In a month in World War One. And I think that's just France who lost that many. So you're talking about the Germans probably lost that many. The British didn't because their force, they, they were barely even committed, and they just sent the old contemptibles over, which was like, I think, 30,000 men or some shit. But, you know, highly trained soldiers, but there are very few of them. And then the Russians, of course, and the, and the uh, Austro-Hungarians and the Turks and all, this, all these people thrown into this. And I'm afraid, as I've said before, that we've reached a point where we had the geniuses that brokered the peace for World War II and had set the world in a in at least a direction where at least it wasn't hurtling down the fucking tracks and everybody was going to fucking die. You know what I mean? We've come to a point where nobody knows how to run the fucking engine anymore. We've got Trump. He's a legitimate dumb shit. I mean, he's a fucking moron. He's just he's a real fucking whackable. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's, if by moron you mean the greatest ever. Yeah, sexy. Just, well, I do. Just so <laughs> fuckable. Like the most fuckable. I mean, man I, ever. I like I like the way you're you're being facetious <laughs> when you talk about. Trump. Yeah, I know. I, I just want to walk up. I'm to twinkling. Him and, I, I love up. I love sarcasm. <laughs> I want to walk up to him and be like, "Hey, man, look at my dick." <laughs> and then he looks at it, and then he says, "I really need the D." <laughs> and then, uh, and then we do some stuff. Let me get it on. <laughs> Anywho, and then you've got Putin. Putin is really the only leader at this point 
who's intelligent enough to do the job, but he's fucking evil. He's an evil human being. That's what's great about so, him is he's not dumb. No, he's brilliant. He's fucking amazing. He's playing us like a fucking fiddle. Hey, we're going to throw this idiot at you. What, what is he going to do? You know, this great guy, you know, and um, anyway, and I just think that we, we might be looking at another World War One situation, but now we have nukes and battleships and jets and all shit, and it could be really terrible. Like, if things turn out like they did, for, and it won't turn out exactly like because that's not the way things work, but history does tend to repeat itself, and we do have certain, you know, circumstances that are creating a similar climate that's go- that is like World War One. There's a lot of different things, though, because... Well, for one, the whole face of warfare has changed. The, the, the way that we do war now is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, for two, I like uh, that John saying this with his glasses down. I know it's, it's it's so much more credence. <laughs> for two, um, he's got the Chuck Schumer. The, the, the power structure of the world is much different. I mean, the United States is a hegemon. I mean, we're we're far more powerful than anybody else. I mean, if Russia and China teamed up, we'd be in trouble. Or India, Russia, China, any of sure. those. But it's still. Um, we're not. It's still not. We're not in a position to have a cold war because there's not. It's not even close, right? At this point, so mm-hmm. it's. And whenever. And one of the things I learned in my. One of the things I learned from my uh, overpriced p- political science minor that I got from WVU, is that if you have one power that's the super that that's actually kind of a peacekeeper, because, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We just. We just. We do whatever we want. You know, nobody can really. There can't be a conflict, anything similar to WW one or WW two right now because we're so dominant. We're like. Uh, it's one of the arguments LeBron. for the. It's one of the arguments that that neocons and neoliberals make for the empire. Right. Is that as long as we maintain this uh, su- supreme dominance and sp- spend so much more on our military than everybody else and have all these bases everywhere, even if we're evil. It's better to have an evil hegemon than two competing hegemons that could wind up being another WW2. I, I know what you mean with hegemon, but every time you say that, I think of Pokemon. <laughs> Chim Pokemon. <laughs> Shoo! <laughs> uh, no, that's all I have to say about Jim that. Pokemon. No, you're, but you're absolutely correct. And But we do... It is getting to a point, though, that... Uh, you know what the great level leveler with that is? Nukes. I mean, once you have enough nukes... You only need about three to really do your 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 opponents. And how damage. many you think we got? <laughs> thousands. Oh my god! Hundreds of thousands. Enough to destroy the Earth three times over easily. And but it, but that's the thing. That is a great level because you let one of those off the fucking chain, it's over. The whole thing's done. The, and we're oh, he really did it. Yeah, he really did. It. I mean, and you have these another. You have these religious nutbags who Muslims and Christians. And they believe that they're going to some kind of paradise, so they don't give a fuck to let one of them go because that's that's they're going to a better place. No, you're not, <laughs> and you're going to take the rest of us with you. You know, it's yeah, especially just, not if you actually think killing people's a good solution. <laughs> International breathing Yeah, still doing it. <laughs> still doing no, but I mean that. You know, sometimes I think about that whenever the gun control issue comes up, and people are like, "Oh, you know." We got to get rid of the, the this specific type of firearm or mm-hmm. whatever it is. I'm just like, uh, I'm really more worried about the nukes myself. I'm not so worried, so much worried about a thirty pound, uh, th- thirty round mag. All right. I mean, well, 
Nukes are, that is the worst thing. That That is when we, and I've talked about this before, there was a uh, Enrico Fermi and a bunch of physicists were sitting around and they were talking about, at one, uh, you know, they were saying, all right, what are the odds that there's intelligent life? And they went through the math. And they said, "There's the odds are just ridiculously in the favor that we would have intelligent life all over the universe. He said, well, where is everybody? So Enrico Fermi put out this thing called the Fermi Paradox, which says that every culture, every intelligent culture at some point uh, achieves the ability to destroy itself. And most of them do. It's called the Great Filter. So... You know, he said it's it's not kind. It's not a kind test. It's a pass fail. So we are now in, still in the great filter. What's going to happen to us? We don't know yet. Well, you know, um, when um, when we were testing nukes and shit, like in the um, we did it in like deserts. And as, soon, as soon as we started doing that shit, like that's when Area Fifty One. That's when the fucking aliens started coming down, and like they actually they were actually shooting one into space to test it. And a fucking flying saucer came and fucking shot it down. There's, is that real? This is yes. There's video of this. They don't talk about it. Uh, there's a, there's a pretty cool documentary about it on uh, Netflix, and I can't remember what it's called right now. But it seems like pretty much like mainstream, like no one's refuting it type shit. Hmm. Um, but yeah, but but if you just set a, setting off a nuclear bomb just on planet Earth affects other goddamn dimensions, mm-hmm. it could be hurting someone in another fucking. Like parallel universe Sure That's how fucking powerful it is It's trans-dimensional mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it's really fucking scary That's, shit Did you ever see the uh, speech That the Robert Oppenheimer gave? Here's like the last bit of it I it's not He knew the world would not be the same Few people laughed Few people cried Most people were silent the guy that uh, was one of the main fat man little boy one ma- one of the main dudes in creating the thing and he felt terrible about it mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yes well like when they when they dropped when the guy who was piling the old gay dropped the bomb he flew through the cloud and you're talking about Hiroshima Nagasaki yes Nagasaki. and he closed his eyes and he Took his hands off the tiller for a second just to because it was so bright, and he could see through his own skin and see his own bones. And he said, "What have we done?" That's exactly what he said. And then he turned around and he piloted it back. And now it was Eisenhower that gave the order, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. Twice. And this was the thing is here's the thing about those two bombs, right? There's only two, two times nukes have been used. Mm-hmm. Before that. We firebombed like 500 Japanese cities. Mm-hmm. We're talking about wooden cities. Like we burned millions of people alive. Yeah. 
then we nuked them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Because they because, the because they because they threw some, you know, shot some some suicide bombers at one of our military bases in Hawaii. Like how is that balanced? We totally destroy their culture. Like we these there's still people, they're still They're emasculated as a culture. They're still destroyed. That's why it's so that's why they're so fucked up. One of them. That's why their porn's so weird. But the, no, like I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not something that really gets taught enough. Like we really need to look at this and say, we, you know, you know how like some people will show like footage of war and be like, oh, that's just gro- you're just being gory. Mm-hmm. It's too gory. It's not it doesn't solve anything. I think we need to look at that. Shit. I think oh, you should, should, yeah, I think, yeah, I think kindergartners should be shown what happened to those fucking people that we millions of people we firebombed, then nuked and melted their fucking skin, and just fucking ruined their fucking like. Their whole DNA is, like, destroyed over the... You know what I mean? Like, the amount of damage that that did. Well, here's something that's terrifying about the destructive power we're talking about with the bomb. The bomb that we have now, the most powerful bomb, the trigger to make that bomb work is the bomb from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That's the trigger. That's fucking insane. Imagine the destructive power of that, or the neutron bomb, or, you know, the hydrogen bomb, which is just, the, the destructive power of that is is unreal. I mean, it's just, if you've ever seen footage of it, it's it's just really, I had a, a mortal fear of, uh, as a child of nuclear war. Like, did, when you were young, me did up. you have to do those drills, get under your desk and... No, I don't think we, we did. Didn't. No. My mom did. Yeah, my mom. It's weird. My mom. I feel like my mom's forty years old, <laughs> but she's she's sixty nine, and mm-hmm. she remembers um, having to do those. Uh, that's right. <laughs> having having to do those drills. She remembers segregation and not understanding it, mm-hmm. and her parents being like, "I don't know why they do it either." Yeah, and that, I thought that's great. Yeah, that her parents. It is. Yeah, didn't understand it, and, and we're from West Virginia in the South. And, I'm, I'm, no, I don't consider us from the south. We're from West Virginia. Well, we're, you know what I mean. We're absolutely like, in the south. Here. I don't know. I think we're. A, I think we're called, a unique cult. Yeah, we have a weird unique, culture. Yeah. There's this thing called the Mason Dixon line. First off, I and second can't. of all, there's this thing called the Rebel flag that you see in like one out of every ten yards in in, in Mingo <laughs> County. I mean, it, I'm just saying, proof's in the pudding. Technically, I, we're not. We're we we left. We left Virginia. We segre- we s- split up for Virginia because they were fucking. Uh, they they treated us like shit. It wasn't because we my were anti-slavery. How things change. Huh? My how things change. They still <laughs> treat us like shit. Yeah. Fuck Virginia. Most uninteresting place ever. Oh, it is so uninteresting. No, 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 no. Ohio. At least they get snow there. Ohio is the worst. <laughs> yeah, I just think I good football there. I mean, yeah, I'm okay with PA, and I can tolerate some Maryland. Kentucky's cool. Ohio and Virginia, Virginia can suck my nuts. You know, yeah. I, like, I like about Kentucky, and I haven't been there in a little bit. But the last time I was there, like you could smoke everywhere. Like I went to, <laughs> I went to a, this was in the early 2000s. I went to a gas station to get some snacks on our way somewhere, and. Like, there was ashtrays at the end of every aisle. The fucking clerk was smoking. I was like, this is my kind of fucking town. Yeah. yeah. There's, like a, there's like a cigarette lighter at the gas pump. Yeah. <laughs> Free smokes for everybody. <laughs> oh, fuck. What else do you want to talk about as far as war goes? Do you think that pulling out of Afghanistan is a bad idea? Because um, apparently he wants to do that, too. Do I think that 
Do you think any? Do, you I, do, I, think, think do I think it's a good idea to pause as instability of the world? No, it's not a good idea. It's going to create more instability. It's don't, just, don't, don't you think we have to is. let things fix themselves instead of trying to fix? I, I didn't but say that. Okay, I mean Afghanistan wasn't exactly stable before we. I got understand, and I, I'm not making an argument that that it's a good thing we're there either. But what I'm saying is, is that less stability means more danger. I mean, it's going to create. <laughs> well, things fix themselves. Eventually, with us out of you know, will, would actually be ultimately that, a better thing. It, yes, well, it will. It's kind of irrelevant though because this that's we invaded their sovereignty illegally based on all international laws. That's what the United States does. It's totally fucking illegal. We're yeah. still there illegally. Yeah. I think it's time to maybe go back towards. Let's start respecting nation sovereignty, even if they're run by a total piece of shit and there's bad things going on. It's not. It's not our, any of our fucking business. Again, I agree, but I'm yeah. saying that yes, eventually in the long term it's going to be better, but in the short term it's going to fucking suck. And I'm talking as in short term over the next hundred years or so, it's going to create so much more war, so much more death, well, so much more instability. Well, I mean, what would be the what would what would be there is no solution? alternative. There is no alternative. So we need to pull out immediately since since we're just wasting money since it's going to inevitably be terrible. Yes, I would say that. Maybe but, we but, I, but I'm out, saying maybe we should have never gone there. Thirteen exactly. Years we should have never gone there in the first place. But what I'm saying is, yeah. there is no good solution with this. There isn't. That's true. There isn't a good. One. I agree. That's yeah. why we need to pull out now. <laughs> yeah, get out as soon as possible. Bring them all home immediately. Bye bye. I don't know if you guys ever seen. You ever seen the docu? There's a Vice documentary, I believe, or it might have, it might have been a Jeremy Scahill documentary. Who's a great journalist. Um, I think it might have been Dirty Wars, but uh, he's with a battalion that's training. Af- Afghani troops tr- to try to police their fucking homeland, and they're just fucking off. They're just firing, shooting, sh- shooting in the air, being dickens. Like, and the guy, the one of the commanders, turns around to the camera. I was like, "This is what we got to fucking deal with. These people do not want to listen to us. They say they want to fucking help their homeland, but they're just out here fucking around." Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know how to get to them. They can understand what we're talking. Well, they speak English, and we have a translator. They're just out here fucking around. They just want to play with the toys. <laughs> and that's I think that's the best thing. These are these are the only people that aren't in Al Qaeda. <laughs> I mean, well, the level of stupidity of human beings is never ceases to amaze. I mean, they those people and some dumb shit rednecks sitting up in a fucking hall have more in common oh, yeah. than a lot of other people. Oh, you know? yeah. So they're exactly the same. You take one stupid moronic fucking person, they're the exact same as another stupid moronic person. They just have slightly different culture. In different accents. Yeah, that's it. There's their, you know, And their culture, their, the flavor is determined by their bioregion and absolutely. the local absolutely. history and... and their you know, religion their li- That's the their, biggest one Their lifestyle How they how they farm How they live mm-hmm. How they worship All that shit I guess we should Like We should have never Went there in the first place Ever Because you know how You've seen the pictures of um, Did you see Rambo 3 <laughs> In that one We were We were in We were fighting the Russians <laughs> And we were On the side of the Afghanis Yeah It's a really fucking Hilarious movie If you watch it today <laughs> Should because be the Keystone Cops, because yeah, they're they're the good guys in that one. All the the Taliban guys are like the, they're like they're like Rambo's like friends with them. 
Well, yeah, because they're an honorable we're fighting, warrior culture. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, oh. yeah, and we're yeah, and we're and we're and they're like, oh. it's like he makes friends with the little kids, and it's all sentimental. Yeah, yeah. but then we're fighting yeah, because Russia's the bad guy. Because yeah. the narrative at that time was Russia's the bad guy, right? And then nowadays, all the movies in Afghanistan are like, you know, kill like, the kill the, the bad, kill the real, kill the and ruthless I, terrorists. I, I, they probably are the bad guy, but we created the bad guy. Yeah, I think I think the um, the guy trespassing is the bad guy. Like you've seen Iran from the fifties, and it looks just like America. All the women are dressed just like yeah. the women in the fifties. They're gorgeous. It's when amazing. they had the Shah. When they and when they, then we like you know what we don't like that. Let's go fuck that up for them over there. And, yeah, and, and indeed we did. And now they got to dress like yeah, beekeepers I mean, and not allowed to drive. I mean, Americans <laughs> have a serious problem with objectivity with respect to. Um, with respect to geopolitics, uh, can you fucking imagine if 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 any other nation state did to us what we do to them? Like in terms of like someone invaded, like we came that's here a, and set up a, bases in Maryland. That's a dystopian <laughs> movie. That's a dystopian movie. Yeah, yeah. It is. so that's like fucking. You, it's not even imaginable yet. This is exactly what's happening. Objectively speaking, we are doing that. Right. And everyone's like, well, I think we should keep the troops oh, there. Freedom ain't free. Freedom you know what I mean? Like, ain't free. There, there's no, there's no like argument. You know, you know what I mean? Like that that can rationalize that level of Im- immorality, right? Uh, and it's amazing how uh, brainwashed everybody is now. That even even the leftists who are traditionally anti-war and Democrats who are traditionally le- you know less hawkish than than tr- traditional conservatives are now like. But if we freaking don't. out because Obama's because of, so well, if we get out of those Trump is pulling people out if we get out of those two wars we got to start two new ones right of a totally illegal totally immoral war that we had no conflict that we had no business initiating if we were being truthful and we wanted to start a fucking war in the Middle East after nine eleven we would have attacked Saudi Arabia if, Saudi Arabia would if, now be our parking lot yeah. If we were actually going after the people that were most aggressive towards something us. like nine of the hijackers on nine eleven were from Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. Yeah, they really come were. on, folks. I just, I mean, just knowing. I mean, it's a, it's a bucket of syrup that we've stepped in. <laughs> I personally believe. I think you know this bucket of syrup. I personally believe. I personally believe that nine eleven was uh, inside job. Yeah, for for if we're going to abbreviate it and put me in a box, yeah. I believe it was an inside job, absolutely. I think anybody that doesn't think that is a fool. It just hasn't hasn't been exposed to either it's brainwashed or hasn't been exposed to the right information. This hasn't looked into it. Mm-hmm. I think it I don't know about inside job, but it's I think definitely we were like I don't like that word. Let's yeah. let it happen and then see what we no, can do. I mean there had there had to be there had to be people on the inside somewhat collaborating. I'm not saying that George Bush and Dick Cheney and Condoleezza Rice got together and decided. You know, I'm not. saying... I think Dick Cheney probably had the biggest hand. I'm, in I'm the saying field. I, have, yeah. I have no idea who did what. What I know is is that the story that we were fed is complete garbage. That there's absolutely no way that Building Seven fell without being demolished, and that there's probably absolutely no way that the two towers fell without being demolished, and that there's probably no way that the Pentagon was struck by the jet that they say it was struck by. Just basic common sense physics. Yeah. Anybody with half a dog's brain that looks at the pictures can tell you that that didn't happen. It didn't. I mean, I remember when it happened. I was like, I don't understand how that building just fell down. The plane crashed way up high. Why is why is it crashing into the ground below? I mean, 
just basic stuff that in any other situation you look at. Well, popular science says it's the way it is. So, oh, popular science. <laughs> what the magazine? Yeah, that's 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 one of the cheapest. It's it, like Omni. It, it costs them probably ten thousand dollars to get them to put that article. You know what I mean? Like, it does cost nothing to get somebody to to lie for you. If there's no science behind that. What do you think about all the uh, the liberals that are now? Hating on Trump even more because he's they, stopping a war. Well, they they're is doing it, it. They're doing it, and I and I and I'll, I'll tell you why they're doing it because I felt myself this way. When you when it's been revealed what kind of man he is, a utterly dog shit, sexy. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's fucking yeah. Uh, hot. <laughs> what kind of man he is? Powerful. It, it is hard. To give him credit very for anything, hard. it's very hard because you don't want to. You just don't want to. You you don't want to. I mean that that's the whole thing with you know the crazy people have to train their brain not to do that. Like you you hear all these stupid shit fucking theories about Obama. He's not born here. Blah blah blah. It's all horse shit. They want to believe it because they don't like him, and half of them don't like him because he's black. I mean, let's just be honest. That's probably it, yeah. I mean, and they say, oh, I'm not racist. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You actually have more respect for somebody who comes out and said, I didn't like him because he's black. Well, fair enough. <laughs> well, but there's all kinds of people. Like, like I I hated Barack Obama, and it's not because he was black. I know, but I'm not saying you're not like most people. I'm saying right. you have legitimate reasons for not liking him. Right. I'm just saying that there are people mixed in there that... yeah. That are rational Of course yeah. Yeah, Just like there's Rational people Who hate Trump I hate Trump I'm rational You know And I'm oh, Of course Yeah there's Of course there are I mean And I think it's And I And I Being a rational person Had to check that That thing that I immediately jumped on With yeah. something he did Be like uh, uh, Wait a second This could be a good thing Okay you know well, I mean? So I had Okay to, let me switch gears here So We've been talking about the Trump pulling out of Syria and how you mm-hmm. feel about that. Mm-hmm. How about the goddamn crickets chirping over the fact that Trump signed off on a on a federal hemp legalization bill? The first time it's been legal since what the thirties or forties, twenties, thirties, and it's crickets. It's chirping. not reported. It's course, crickets chirping. Yeah. Now, can you imagine how many how many mouths would be on Obama's dick if he had legalized him? Absolutely, well, people would be kicking Absolutely. each other out of the way imagine? trying to suck Obama's dick. Yeah, yeah. No, it would be hey, nice. Every single paper the in I'll the, the nation <laughs> would have the same headline glorifying Obama for legalizing him, but he he didn't. I'm not saying Trump did it, but mm-hmm. he signed. He approved. Yeah, of course, he did do it. He didn't veto it. And you know how many people are angry about it. I'm talking about the fossil fuel people, the the, the paper people. <laughs> yeah, well, the, yeah, they're well, all they, mad about it. They, they still have their stranglehold. They're not going to just switch to him. But um, but I thought that was pretty, that was pretty remarkable that he did this this like super kind of anti war move, pulling troops out of Syria, and then at the same time um, legalize hemp. And it's just it's just funny to hear the different reactions from people. You know, what yeah. I mean? like I understand why people hate Trump. I get it. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. If the man does something good, and I don't give him credit I, for being good, I don't care what his his uh, there should be. Motivations a f- I'm just are. saying there should be a few more headlines saying, "Look what douchebag Trump did. He did something good." But you know what they do whenever he does something? Whenever like he bombed like something uh, last year sometime, like 
an airstrip where oh they just they were like oh, this is the day that Donald Trump has become president he's yeah, like really stepping like Chris into Cuomo position. was like this is he's really maturing with the come on you faggot this is fucking bullshit it's terrible he's fucking bombing people that couldn't even they have that's posed a, no threat to us that's the thing it's like that article I posted it's like and you shared it it's like yeah 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 how normalized one. it is that we're in perpetual war. The United States is in perpetual, it's like in seven different wars perpetually now, and that's just normal. And any suggestion that we should be in fewer or no wars is viewed as weird. It's weird to be anti-war. It's like people just get quiet. They don't want to talk, you know, they don't want to deal with those emotions. I posted on Facebook that I look forward to hearing leftist arguments, leftist pro-war arguments after Trump pulls people out. And one person responded, and she had wrong information. It was dog shit. <laughs> I felt bad. Like, come on, man. She said it was going to cause a humanitarian crisis in Yemen. And I was like, there's already a humanitarian crisis in Yemen, and we're helping Saudi Arabia cause it. Yeah. The way to stop that was to and we've, stop help them. Stop and we've drone bombed Yemen indiscriminately yeah. quite a few times over the last six, seven years. Yeah, not a decade, but almost. It's fucking tremendous. I it's love crazy. war. It gives us something to talk about. I think we should stay in war. I think we should start a war with uh, who, who's a country that nobody gives a fuck about? Canada. Mm-hmm. We should have Canada. It should be ours. I think we should. I think <laughs> we could have had Canada. We could have had it before, and we should have it now. I say we invade Canada today. You know what the main the main conflict in Syria is about. It's not about a civil war. It's, it's about wanting to build a natural gas pipeline through Syria, which would give them natural gas. Mm-hmm. I saw something And Russia like sells natural gas to Syria. So that's why Russia's so pissed off about it. That's where a lot of their money comes yeah, it's from. Business shit. It's fucking, stu- it's fucking crazy how people go nuts about business. Business, Charles. <laughs> business. Let's do favorite things. Okay. Being too serious around here. We're supposed to be a comedy show. Are we supposed to be anything? Not really. Supposed by whom? <laughs> we never really set out with a, a mission, mission statement. statement. Yeah. Sh- should we write no, a mission mi- statement? Our mission statement is we try to keep your we try desperately to keep your attention or something. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. it like that? We don't want real jobs. So we're trying to make this happen. Whiskers on kittens, bright cocktails, uh, and warm fast. women kittens, brown paper packages, tied up with strings. Belch fast. Favorite thing? What do you got there, Tom? I started. Uh, well, I'm almost done. Actually, 500 pages into. Uh, Damn. Fire and blood. About That's the, the Targaryen, Targaryen thing. How's that going? It's good, man. There's some. Uh, uh, let's put it this way. Pick pick Westeros. <laughs> pick one little one character and really give us a breakdown of them. Okay. Well, uh, do you want good or bad? I mean, because there's plenty of bad. Which is easiest, bad, right? Well, of course, bad. Who's your always, favorite bad guy? Uh, well, the most interesting bad guy would probably be Magor the Cruel, who was That's a great name. Yeah, well, uh, he was a, a son of Aegon the Conqueror, and um, he was not first in line for the throne. He got the throne eventually. His brother died, uh, and then he took the throne over from his. Uh, nephew who was actually a legit, legitimate person in line and he grew to be so despised that there was an incident that happened the Iron Throne killed him the throne they found him dead with pieces of the throne stuck through him they don't know if he did it to himself 
because he was so consumed with guilt from some of the things he'd done. Wait, which one is this? Magor the Cruel. Magor? Mm. And they don't know, or if the King's Guard did it, because you had a Caligula situation where he's tearing the Empire down around their ears, we got to, what the fuck are we going to do? Kill this guy so we can set up the next person. The most heartwarming thing, and the best part of the book so far, is the marriage between... Um, I'm trying to think. Shit. The marriage. Aegon? No, it's uh, the conciliator. What is his name? Rex. <laughs> well, that actually sounds like a... Um, sorry, I'm trying to... Jaharis. Jaharis was... Uh, he was married to his sister because they still had the... You know, and she was good Queen Alicent. They still talk about her on the show. Uh, she had a dra- dragon named Silverwing, and he had a dragon named uh, Vermithrex or something like that. Or Vermithor was the name of that one. V- Vermithrex sounds like a herpes medication. It really does. <laughs> um, and they were really in love. Like, as, as much as two people in a somewhat twisted system can be, they really did love each other and produced a time of real peace and stability for the kingdom and really had to work to undo all of Magor's bullshit and all the stuff that and all the horrible things that had gone along and they actually did succeed and the realm loved them and but their children is, is some of it is so tragic they had a daughter named Sarah Sarah was strong-willed and Sarah was wouldn't listen you know and she ended up being the most famous prostitute in all of Lee's fuck yeah she like fled from her parents and fled from her mother and set herself up in lease and became this most famous courtesan. You know, she's and infamous and had all these bastard sons who were actually claimants for the throne later when you had something where, where they had, you know, well, who's going to take over after Jaehaerys dies? Could you say that she fucked her way up to the top? <laughs> I'd say she was on top already. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Just fucked everybody. And then they had Diella, who was... Very sweet, but very almost simple. And she died giving birth to something in the airy. Like she was, she married a, a, an Aaron, like John Aaron. And um, then you had, they had a son named Balor, or Balon, and he was a great warrior. And then they had another son, um, Arion, who got killed. And, you know, it was just a lot of tragedy were visited on these two really great people. But there was a period right before all that happened where it was autumn. Right before this terrible winter, and the realm was completely at peace. There was no war. There was no nothing like that going on. They had completely tamed it. They had their dragons. It was the height of the height of the Targaryen power, and they were actually beneficial monarchs. They put they they brought everybody in the line. They said this is the way things are going to do. They gave them structure. Yes, they held the threat of the dragons over everybody's head. Yeah, that's the truth. What volume there, John? Just background volume. But we got there. It's Landon Del Rey. I fucked my way up to the top. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a really good song. But that I'm, right now, I'm in the middle of what's known as the Dance with Dragons, the Dance of Dragons, and it's where Jaharis and Alisane had all these kids, and then they, there was 
a claimant for the throne when I was an uncle, and it was just, a, and all dragons fighting each other and dying. Like, uh, at this point, Balerion had died. Balerion was like the, the Black Dread, the one they always talked about. He had died, and then the, the other one was Vagar, and he was still alive. Vagar? <laughs> Vagar. <laughs> uh, and, um,. <laughs> He, she, Valyrian was actually the last dragon to come from Valyria. All the other ones have been born in Westeros. And once he died, it's like it was very sad because he died. You know, one day he just wasn't able to fly anymore. He's just uh-huh. got old, and his wings were just not strong enough to to, to lift him anymore. And he kind of, you know, they were like kind of like dogs, and he just couldn't, and he just died. And. <laughs> are they fighting? Yeah, they're <laughs> fucking off. But then. uh Vagar was still alive, and then he, ridden by somebody else, tore off another dragon's wing and threw him down. It was bad, man. These these fights they describe are just horrid. Burning cities to the fucking ground, killing every man, woman, and child. You know, slagging fucking castles. Like, you know about you know about how, what happened with Hall. Black Heron had built that giant fucking castle, and the day he set the last fucking stone and opened the thing up... Aegon landed on fucking King's Landing. <laughs> he said, I'm the greatest person in the world. He said, no, you're not. There's I've got dragons. Burn that motherfucker. They burn the fucking castle down and turn it into a slag heap, which, and it's cursed. Everybody who owns it, the Strongs had it. They're dead. The fucking, the Wits had it. They're all dead. You know, everybody who gets that castle is cursed. And I, it is the most amazing piece of historical fiction. You know, fan, fantastical history. Uh, fiction and it's just dude it's it's amazing and the the last thing that happened was uh, a, an uncle Daron and this other guy got into a fight over Blackwater Bay I think and both dragons killed each other and they fucking landed in the water and everybody died and that's and that's where I left it and it's a page turner, man. I can't again. People who bitch about the winds of winter, I'm I'm not upset that the winds of winter isn't done. It'll get done when it gets done. Shut the fuck up. Read yeah. them over again. Yeah. Become a minor fucking Westerosa story <laughs> like I am, and fucking just you know, it's fascinating shit. So, you make it sound fun. It is. I fun. know. I love the show. So. See, that's why I'm saying I could do it. I could do a show like Dan Carlin on fantasy stories because the histories are as as in depth as anything you're going to find in history on this planet. So. You know, just that you could do a podcast on the Targaryen dynasty alone. And have, Let, and how many episodes do you think? You could have 50 episodes on this shit. It's 300 years of fucking history. It's going down through now the where all the dragons had died because we're getting to that point where the dragons are starting to be, starting to be born, stillborn, or getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And they even referenced that in the show. And um, Tywin Lannister said... He's like the Targaryens had dragons. He said the last two were sitting right here, and they and that and they had skulls the size of an apple. That's how big dragons had had. had that's how much their their magic has. He said their magic has gone out of the world. They do not exist anymore. But everything's a cycle in Westeros and Essos, and it seems like it is a song of ice and fire because this ice, this other bad dark energy, is now rising, and dragons are the only thing that can fight it. Ironically enough, now you've got one dragon that is an ice dragon. Got an ice dragon. Yeah, so I think that one was uh, Viserion. And um, got an ice king. Yeah, and it it turns out he might not actually be the fucking villain. We don't know who's the villain yet. That's so great. I I mean, I'm so excited. (laughs) And 
the children of the forest might be behind the whole thing. This might be a, an extended fucking just a work swerve, like a, a work on him. Like you fuckers thought you took us all down. Now you're all dead, and everything is ours again. You know what I mean? This could be what they intended. And, they, and the children of the forest haven't been in the show a shitload. No, it's been like just two very or three briefly, scenes. very briefly. And they changed the way they looked in the second the second time we saw them. I think they look completely different because in the first time we saw them, they were actual children with like. Leaves and shit on them, I believe. Kind of. I mean, it. I, I they've changed her look some, but they all look alike. Like they're yeah. all they all they're female. They're they're kind of androgynous, and um, you know they're they're creating the first White Walker, the first other. And who's to say that they haven't been planning this thing the whole fucking time? I know it's so and. And that's the thing about the the series. He is such a a masterful fucking writer because he he doesn't he's when we've talked about how sometimes I don't know how it's going to turn out until I start writing it. That's him. He's like I don't know how it's going to end. Once I write it, that's how it's going to go. You know that is a very eerie thing that I've discussed before. That when you're writing, sometimes you don't remember it. Do you think? Do you think that Brandon is the the night King? king? Quite possibly. I think that. Uh, Brandon seeing the future is going to see that it might not be a good thing that uh, that Daenerys is back with those dragons. The Doom of Valyria is something that they that they discussed a bit in the book, and there's a lot of foreshadowing in this, and there's a lot of foreshadowing of the fact I didn't get into this. Another, and we all are fans of this, so bear with me. This is very interesting. There are. Members of the Targaryen family that have disappeared, of course, over the centuries, disappeared to Essos, disappeared, just walked away. They don't know what happened to them. They, they think they're dead, but they can't, you know, in, in Game of Thrones, the, 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 the easiest way to prove somebody dead is to show me a fucking body. Yeah. Until you show me a body, I don't believe they're dead. Habeas corpus. <laughs> <laughs> and Varys is either a Targaryen or a Blackfire. Varys is Matt Penfield, right? Yeah. And welcome to 120 minutes. If it's gonna, if it's gonna be on the sh- it's gonna be on the show. See, they they haven't even referenced the Blackfires yet, and I don't think the Blackfires are going to be in the show, even though that is a fascinating part of Westeros history, where you had a bastard line of a kingdom who almost overtook the line that fucking gave them birth. You know, they had their own dragons, and they had. You know, they're called the Blackfires because the sword that Aegon the Conqueror had was called Blackfire and it was passed traditionally down from king to king. Well, he then one king died and passed it to his bastard son because he said, you're more fit to rule than this. And he on his deathbed, he made that determination. So you have the legitimate heir not being given the sword, to, but given to the bastard. So then there was a war between these two. Again, a war within uh, the the one family, you know. And you know the last, uh, the last Targaryen Blackfire pretender was killed by Sir Barristan Selmy, Barristan the Bold, cut through ten men to get to kill him in the War of the Nine Penny Kings. And that's uh, I, again, I love the names he gives shit. They're the most fascinating, coolest. They they resound. War of the Nine Penny Kings. That makes you think of all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. And it said, and it was they said it was that way because men were turning up like nine pennies. You know, so, you know, kings were turning up like nine pennies because, you know, a nine penny is a very small, you know, fraction of money. And I just, man, I cannot, it is intimidating to read his stuff. It's also, you know, it provides an escape sometimes when my, you know, 
my depression and stuff starts to get bad. Does it make you want to write? Yes and no. See, that's what happens to me whenever I get like a new piece of music from somebody, a new album, a new song or something. It makes me want to start playing again. Yeah. Sure. Like, but it also is quite intimidating because I'm like, but also if it's, if it's like really good, you're like, this is so far. I can't fucking exactly compete with this. Yeah, but I'll, I've been trying to. I'm not trying to compete anymore. I, I always say comparison is the thief of joy. It just makes me want to do the best I can. That's true. That's so fucking gay. I know. <laughs> and, I, and I'll have to say, not to toot my own horn, but some of the things I've written, some of the things, very few of them, but some of them I think I would stack up to something Martin had written. You know, I, I think I'm a better, not better, I think I'm as good with um, dialogue. I think that I'm... Where he gets it, though, is that he's able to evoke such such fucking images. And there's not another writer. I'm not Stephen King, uh, Terry Goodkind. I've talked about that dumb shit before. His books are terrible. But Terry Brooks, who's another great writer. Um, John Grisham. John, well, John, he's, yeah, a good he's, good. he's a good He's a really good writer. He's, he's very snappy. It's, it's just quick. He's Southern. Yeah. Um, and fantasy writers, especially where you have the only other writer I've ever I've ever read that is able to evoke like he has, and only almost even better is um, Polnick. Um, Polnick is more dark humor. Morgan, that Morgan guy is something else. Um, no, it's um, John Morgan. Who wrote? I'm trying to think. Uh, who wrote the Hyperion Cantos? Maya Dan Angelou. Simmons. Oh. Dan, Dan Simmons. <laughs> Dan Simmons created the Hyperion Cantos, which is the the sci-fi book. It's the greatest sci-fi book ever written. Like, and I've read a lot of sci-fi too, and and nobody can stack up. Not even Philip K. Dick. Philip K. Dick is good for concepts. I don't believe his writing is that good at all. I think that it's derivative. I think that it's kind of not derivative. I think it's more it's it's heartless. There is no joy in it. There is well, you can see that in the movies that get made out of his books and the yeah the shows. That get it's made. all dystopian. There's no joy in it. There's no the characters have to be created almost for for the movies almost out of whole cloth because there's no character to it. It is a person observing a fantasy world, a dystopian fantasy world. The only reason they're there is so you can observe it through their eyes. That's it. There's no. When Martin creates his, when his worlds, some of the names of the castles, you know, it's a joy to just come up with something like Winterfell, yeah, that's or Castle Rock, yeah, or The Reach, or something like that. It's all these things that just, like I said, evocative. You're like, man, that sounds fucking awesome. And then when he creates those characters. And they swagger and fucking, and, and it seems like every man in Westeros is, is a giant man. You know what I mean? It's like big swinging cock. <laughs> basically, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's all, and every woman is beautiful in her own way and all this stuff. But, but the ones that are, are terrible are really terrible. And, you know, especially you're dealing with Targaryen kings, they're so fascinating because there's some truly great men in there. And there's monsters. There are true monsters. You had Megor the Cruel. You had Malice the Monstrous. You have all these, Malice the Monstrous is the one that uh, Sir Barrison killed in that battle. Well, the Mad King was about to burn uh, 500,000 people alive. Yeah, he's going to burn King Before Jamie saved their lives. That's another thing, too. He is unfairly pinioned with that. 
and he saved all those people's lives. And you know how old would he? You know how old he was when that happened, and how old when he was knighted? Four and a half. He was like fifteen years old when oh, he was Jesus. knighted. He was fifteen. He was a kid. And then it was only a few years after that that Eris told him. And the reason he did it is because Tywin is outside, and he told. Eris told him, and as a Kingsguard, you're supposed supposed to follow every order to the T. He told him to go kill his own father. He said, I want you to go to Tywin. I want you to kill him. I'm the king. I don't care if he's your father. You listen to me. And Jamie made a judgment call at that point and killed him. Executive decision. <laughs> yes, the guy was standing right behind him. <laughs> no, and, he, and, he's, and, <laughs> and he stabbed him right in the back. You guys want to watch uh, like a Steven Seagal marathon <laughs> after this? <laughs> I wouldn't mind watching some uh, Out for Justice or um, Under Siege. Yeah, Under Siege is great. That is oh, good. I want the one on the boat. That's Under Siege. That's Under Siege. Okay, what about was Under Siege Two? Was it's on the train? I was on a train uh, in Alaska with Lawrence Chestnut. Um, and somehow you find out that he's Native American in that one, even though he wasn't in the yeah, first one. Yeah, exactly. And then he's also kind of Native American. What does he walk around saying? How? He's wearing turquoise everywhere. <laughs> There's a lot of leather fringe. <laughs> lot of, yeah. Wasn't in the first film. Was he David Tasselhoff? A lot of beads. Hey, hey. Oh. <laughs> but I was just saying that, uh, you know, his his writing has. It's changed my life both for the better and for the worst. For the better because I, I have something that I truly love. Every George R. R. Martin book I'll pick up and I'll read it. And I guarantee I'm going to love it. I mean, he's never written a bad book in, in my estimation. And, but he also sets the bar so high with wanting me, wanting me to be a writer. You know, and it's just, hey man, fucking, I mean, Sugar Ray had some hits. You know, they aren't the Beatles. People love Sugar Ray. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, like there, there are bands out there that are like really, really amazing that are never going to see the light of day, and people like Fallout Boy. Yeah, like a lot of fucking people <laughs> love. Fallout I like. I don't want to be Boy Fallout song. Boy. <laughs> that's what. I'm, that's what my point is. Well, I'd rather suck. Than what I'm saying is, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, you're comparing. You shouldn't compare yourself. That's true. I mean, I don't. I, yeah, just do the thing. Just that you shit do. it out there. Well, I mean, that's this this next year's. I've already started down the. Well, I have an idea, and okay. you, you might like it or not. I have an idea to uh, do a writing exercise every week. Like I'll, I will come up with a phrase, or John will come up with a phrase, and you give us two pages on it by by the next week. Okay, just for a, just for practice, just to get you to do it. And we're going to read it on the air. And we'll read it on the air. Sure, we can do that. And I'll give you the phrase. One week and you can do it. And you you're gonna have to write it down on a piece of paper. I'll write it down on a piece of paper, okay. or I'll text it to you. I was actually gonna start writing. You know, as a writing exercise, you know what I was gonna do the other day? I was actually gonna write down that story idea, and I, I did come up with the story idea that John Wick is Johnny Utah from Point. Break. I love it. Yeah, and I was actually gonna write that down and how that came to be, and actually make it plausible and actually entertaining, and then send it off to somebody and see what happens. Yeah, I put, mean, it, put it on put it on Reddit. Yeah, Reddit. There's a. There's a um, a subreddit called Writing Prompts, mm-hmm. and it's just somebody will give you a scenario, and then the, the in the comments, people will write the story. And That's sometimes really, it's really good. Yes. I mean, I would like doing that. I don't even necessarily have to be a, a famous writer or sell anything. I would just like to write more. So Just do it for the sake of doing it. That's why sure. I, I write songs. I haven't done it in a little bit, but when I get the inspiration, I pick it up and I do it. And yeah. It's harder when you're not smoking, you know? I like to smoke cigarettes while I'm doing it. Well, sure. 
I like to be. Clean. I used to like that drink when I would. Write. I like to be chronically catatonically depressed beyond belief. Mm-hmm. That works. It does help. A crushing breakup will create in me. I get fucking one thing. I get really big and muscular because all I do is fucking work out. Another thing that happens is I go on a tear of education. I like educate myself on some subject I picked just to take my fucking mind off the horrid feelings that I'm having, you know, and, you know, in my writing, yeah, I will write too. I mean, I'll go back into things that, that make me unique and make me feel better about me, you know, so. John, you have any favorite things? Well, this this could be a favorite thing, and it could also be umbrage. But <laughs> I started um, I started using a few dating apps last weekend. <laughs> I got on Tinder, and right. I got on Bumble. Bumble. Bumble is much like Tinder, except the rule is um, that once you match, only the female is allowed to contact the dude. So you don't have all these dudes just sure. Just pussy sniping and just, you know, it's like the woman has to make the first move kind of thing, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah, I think that works Because I'm, well. I'm kind of, I'm shy and I, you know, I don't mm. really like making the first move. Anyway, uh, so if we're in the favorite things segment of it, I mean, it is kind of fun. It's a great way to pass time. You get to like look at like all these people that's allegedly really exist nearby mm. and like kind of make a judgment it's like okay yeah would i fuck this person yeah well do i want to date them though yeah, yeah. how close are they yeah. well you know and then you factor in all the information that they put in and what they wrote and you know it's it's a fun it's it's a new experience for me it's kind of fun um i do have umbrage with it too which i can get into but um but that's a new thing and uh, i spent a lot of time swiping haven't got a match yet it's been one week haven't yet have yet to get a match which I guess some people go six months or more without ever getting a match. Can I tell you something that I did one time and it will make you extremely cynical? I wasn't getting any, any bites. And this is a while ago, you know, um, a, a long while ago. On Tinder? On, I was on Plenty of Fish. So I decided, well, what if I just, what if I do the cynical thing and up my income? Oh, that's a list. That's one of the what, variables. Yes, and it increased the amount of play I got dramatically. Like, and also, you know, listing a job that seems somewhat lucrative or you know upward upwardly mobile. Or oh something. yeah, you know, I mean that. That's it, and that, that makes you. It makes you so cynical. You're like, it's not it's supposed not to matter. You're supposed to matter as a person. Supposed by whom? Well, supposed by people want women want security, secure comfort, security. They also want the the spark and the the sex appeal and the excitement. Sure. But the Pizzazz. main th- but the main thing most of them want is security, and they want to be with someone who is powerful that can. Protect them and meet their needs. Right. And money is a very powerful thing. You know, it's just it's, sometimes, man, it's, you it's get, easy to get cynical about it. And I get that. Like, that's been my knee jerk reaction my whole life is like, money is evil. But I don't know that it is. I just think, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's, it's not fair. It's not, it's not just that 
rich people get so many get so much favoritism in our culture, but it's just a thing. It's also not fair that some people just naturally look better than others, and, and it's easy for them to get laid or to meet a new person just because of the way they look. Right. It's not fair that some uh, good-looking people are just completely devoid of personality, and they can't get laid either. Right. You know? <laughs> some people are just handsome, but there's are nothing you about there. Your, are you talking about yourself? Yes. I'm so, I'm so handsome. <laughs> I'm so good looking. But no personality. Svelte, just so boring. Void of charisma. A vacuum. Just bland. <laughs> I'm a I'm a paper plate sitting here, wanting staring at another paper plate asking it to love me. A white dwarf <laughs> of charisma. <laughs> <laughs> just nothing going on here between the between the ears. I'm just a piece of shit. I'm just sexy, but without being outgoing and charismatic, I'm not I'm not getting the dick wet, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, <laughs> but I guess yeah. This being a, th- a favorite thing is like okay. If we rewind a hundred or two hundred years, and I'm still living in the same place, it's like uh, I get why people bang their cousins. You know what I mean? There's just there's not very many options. You know, of people that I know who have a vagina, who are of breeding age or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like. There's so few. Imagine. How- right. Well, 200 years ago, breeding age was significantly different than it is now. But I'm still saying there's still only three of them. Yeah, that's true. In the vicinity that you know of. And you got to fight four other dudes for them. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, it's kind of great that we can just go online and um, find people who are also looking for looking for something. And just, like, see them and look at them. And, like, say, hey. Good morning, Julia. Good morning, Julia. <laughs> I've got a flower. Look at all my ceiling fans. I know that we've never met before. Let's go full throttle. I know that we've never met before, and I probably seem really weird to you, but <laughs> I I am a man, and my dick is hard, so if you want to swipe right, let me, let me stab you with it. I can meet you at a hotel in Princeton. Captain Stabbing. I'll, I'll pay for the hotel. Captain Stabbing like uh, Captain Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you dinner Just please I'll eat your butt I'm I not w- above it I'm not above it I want to make sex with a lady <laughs> On a lady <laughs> No, I want to do, do sex, sex on, on a lady, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him on uh, in a bit role On uh, Get Him to the Greek That's another favorite, uh, favorite thing Nick Kroll's amazing Have you seen Get Him to the Greek? Yeah, it's great Oh, shit I love it I, it's on. I uh, love it's on something for free now. Which one? Cinemax. Get him to the Greek. It's on Cinemax. Um, okay, I don't have that. And <laughs> the fucking he's sitting there. He's got that hood up, and he's just the quintessential fucking. <laughs> and he's like, I'm having a panic attack right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stroke the furry wall. Yeah. Fucking a Jeffrey. (laughs) You're being selfish. You're being selfish right now. Back whenever I was allowed to smoke weed, John would bring over Jeffreys all the time and we'd smoke them. Because the Jeffreys just a blunt, isn't it? Yeah, with a bunch of shit stuff. No, the Jeffrey and Get Him to the Greek has other drugs. Oh, okay. It's like laced with all kinds of All the drugs. All kinds of crazy stuff. It's like they took all the drugs, put it in a blender, puree. It's like 20% pot, 10% meth, coke, crack, (laughs) maybe a little bit of heroin, a little bit of fucking quaaludes. Whatever you can get your hands on. Now, what are your favorite um, things about these profiles that you see all the time? These chick profiles. Um, I like some of them are just hilarious and and how bad they are. Like how just like aggressively I'm swiping left. Like Jesus. 
You know what I mean? Like, there's certain things, like, you're not even going to write anything about yourself, which, okay, I get it. Maybe that's just your style. You just want somebody to see if someone likes the way you look and then decide if you want to talk to them. Maybe that, okay. And then other things, it's just like, like, um, this is more of an umbrage thing, but it's like, it's starting to get more an umbrage. Um, well, okay, I won't do that yet. I'll say that. <laughs> um, I don't know. And just, and it's just hilarious. Like, it's just very entertaining. Like, it's like, I have three, I have three boys from three different daddies. They are my world. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one of them is, they yeah. are my world. Yeah. Or they come first. My kids come first. Yeah. And I was like, no shit. Like, I didn't know that you were a human being with maternal instincts to have, you have this biological <laughs> desire to love and protect your kids. Thank you for wasting, like, you know, seven, 27 of your characters telling me that. You could have said, you know, Something actually you have, about you. All you have to do is say that you have kids. We get it. I understand that you're. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, trying to be good at doing that. I think it's kind of um, it's a little tasteless. I mean, I understand putting having a picture of you with your kids because that's who you are. You're trying to be, represent yourself honestly, but showing your kids to somebody on a dating app and not blotting it out. Mm-hmm. I could understand why that would be some ethical concerns there because mm-hmm. they don't get to choose to be on the fucking dating app where there's all these. Horny dudes jacking off these pictures. All right. But anyway, um, the things I like about it, not very many. Just the possibility that I like, I see is like, oh, hey, the, oh man, sometimes I'll get excited about a profile. But like, man, I would actually like to meet this girl. Every, you know, one out of every thousand, 300 or whatever that I see, I'm like, this mm-hmm. girl actually looks pretty cool. Oh, um, that's, that's, that's the, as far as favorite, the favorite thing sex segment of this goes, that's about it. Right on. But I've got, I always like I have how, umbrage though too. I like how every girl is fluent in sarcasm. It says it right there. Oh, the they're always thought. all about the sarcasm, <laughs> and then you do something sarcastic. Yeah, and I, I'm just like, I, was, hey, I like to test their sarcasm. They don't get it. Like, you, you, do, you don't understand sarcasm. I, I thought a, you were fluent. I have. A, I have <laughs> you haven't a, even <laughs> taken the first class. I have a sarcasm <laughs> filter in my profile description. It's like <laughs> if you don't think this is funny. You don't get sarcasm, and you can just swipe left. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was born with my dick in my armpit. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually sort of like the thing I wrote on Facebook. It was like, I am the greatest man who has ever lived. <laughs> it's something like along the lines of that. <laughs> you need to all bow down to me. <laughs> bow down to Zod. <laughs> yeah, that, if I ever go back on a dating site, that would be my headline. Son of Jor-El, kneel before Zod. <laughs> See who I get. That one girl picks up Probably on Probably a nerd, yeah. Um, nerd chicks are hot. Yeah. And then I like um, when the comic book movies started coming out and like, and Star Wars became popular again. Like, I'm such a nerd. Girls were nerds. Nerd. All of a sudden, nerd. nerd. You, I just love nerds. You like the most popular movie franchise of all time. <laughs> You're not a nerd. I'm just it, looking. Now, I'll let you call yourself a nerd if you've read the books. If you know who played the uh, Porkins, if you know, <laughs> if you know know that type of Porkins. shit, I'll give it to you. But <laughs> you just like, like Star I'm, Wars. I'm such yeah. a nerd, and it's like you just you look like you could be a fucking Marshall University cheerleader. Like with your fucking makeup caked on and your fucking, you know, just like you look exactly the same you in every can't picture. You just slap on a Wonder Woman shirt and call yourself a nerd. You're right? not a nerd. I'm sorry. Like you're a total fucking conformist and you're not, you know, you're not an intellectual. It's obvious. Like just for me reading this, that you're not in the category of nerd. No, no. I used to think Chris Hardwick wasn't a nerd, but I know for a fact he is after a little bit of uh research and seeing that how how deeply into all the nerd stuff he is. Yeah. 
Like he's he's super nerdy. He just happens to be extremely good looking. I've noticed that my nerdiness in, in recent years has re- reduced because I started to go back down the path. I was like, man, I was really into it. Like, uh, it's another favorite thing. Still on favorite things a little bit. Conan, Conan the Barbarian. Oh yeah, that's why you post on a bunch of his stuff. I posted I posted the cover of the comic book I fir- the first comic book I ever bought, and it was uh, Conan the Barbarian two eleven. Uh, it was nineteen eighty something, and. Uh, it really did. It ignited both my uh, want to be an artist and my want to be strong, big and strong. And I was a huge Conan the Barbarian fan after that, you know, and not even, I didn't even consider the movie. Like, I, I mean, I like the, it's Schwarzenegger, of course, so I liked it. And the, and the first 25 to, 25 to like 40 minutes of Conan is a really good movie. After that, it falls apart. Have you ever seen the Jason? Are you talking about the Destroyer or Conan the Barbarian? No, Conan the Barbarian. He looks more like what Conan looks like in the comics. Maybe a little bit less jacked, but as far as like the dark skin, and he looks more like a Neanderthal. Uh, Well, Conan is supposed to be the Sumerians are kind of like Robert E. Howard. Here's what he did. He's he did what every really good fantasy guy does. He took an existing culture from the Earth and he slapped it down on another planet. That's what you do. And you, you know, he had the Vanir and the Aesir, which are just two groups of Vikings, and they were rivals with the Sumerians. And the Sumerians are just the Picts. That's all they were. Except the Picts were a small people. The Sumerians are large and powerful and black-headed. The, they call them the, the black mane wolves or something because they're so fucking good in battle. But they're almost wiped out to a man. Um, that actually happened in the beginning of Conan the Barbarian. It was a wonderful, iconic scene where, you know, they invade this village, this snow-covered village, and kill everybody. And Conan's mom is holding his hand. She's got that sword in her hand. And she's like, you know, telling him to back off. And then he just uses that thing where he hypnotizes her and she drops her sword and he turns out and cuts her head off. And Conan's holding it and then she falls down and he's like this and she's like she's gone, you know. Mm. That's a really fucking powerful scene. It's really good. And then the movie just turned into a piece of shit. It wasn't good after that. <laughs> like, it was, at first, one of the <clears throat> greatest fantasy movies ever made. After that, it turned into a B, B movie sword and sorcery. Like an flag. 80s romp? It was like, yeah, it's like Beastmaster. It's like, <laughs> they're trying to take the ski hill away from us. <laughs> we got to <laughs> we got to defend the summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> the community center. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the bullets are at the roller wink. Get in the chopper. <laughs> Get me out of this hole. <coughs> um, That's hilarious. But I, I was was fascinated by, and I started reading Conan again. And I can't find the '80s Conan comics that I liked on Kindle. Like, I want to just buy a couple and get back into it and start to read and you go rediscover. A, you want to find, like, a, a legit comic shop and get the actual books? We could, man, but them 80s comics, I'm going to pay through the nose. Are they reprinting them at all? See, that's one, of the, that's one of the only comic books I collected was that same series, that Conan series, because mm-hmm. I love the artwork. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I'll, you know, I'll punch that picture up. That's the one Joe Rogan cites is uh, what he liked when he was a kid, the Conan comics. Yeah, the Conan comics were... Th- I never actually read any of them because it was boring. I couldn't make it through it, but I loved the you artwork. See, that's the thing. You didn't have to read them. The stories they, were garbage. He actually had one comic, one of the best comics I ever read. There was not a word spoken in the whole fucking comic. It's Conan, after this battle, underground, trying to get out. And the only thing, the only noise was these things, these giant insect things going tick, 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 mm. tick. And they chase him. 
and he didn't speak through the whole thing. It was one of the most brilliant fucking things I've ever, you know, so creative. Well, here's a here's a Frank Frazetta, which is, you know, uh, the guy was a he's an amazing artist. And apparently Chuck not only told me that he did this on a piece of bathroom <laughs> tile or something, he ripped out of the ground. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the guy's fucking, fucking it's great. nuts. The guy's fucking nuts. Um, and then, sorry about that. And then here's the here's the the comic. Like I said, Conan two and eleven. Yeah. A buck, a fucking buck for a comic. <laughs> um, they'd come in like three packs back in the day, wouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, you could find, and you know, again, that was one of the best eras ever in comics, and um, the. I don't know, man. It was just... I, I miss it. I miss those comics. I miss Conan comics. I miss the fact that comics used to be for a select audience, not a mass audience. I mean, that's one of the things we've lost in the fact that all these comic book movies and stuff have gotten big, is that we, as a group, the hardcore group, I'm not even part of that group anymore. I, I mean, I just... I don't know that the the comics themselves are actually doing any better than they ever have. Actually, comics are not doing well right now. I mean, I was... uh uh, they're not They're just not Well for one thing You've got this problem Okay this, And every Couple of decades The comic industry Goes to this Where there's Too many characters There's too much uh, There's too much uh, uh, Attempt to con- To uh, Achieve continuity All this shit You know There's so much going on X-Men has tr- I think it's admirable What they're trying to do But they're just It's not It's not happening Is they've got do- They've got different Continuities going At the same time That do not intersect X-Men Blue X-Men Gold All this stuff And they are not related And they're the same characters Same characters in different, just, Yes Different uh, Thought it was a cool idea But It's not quite working And actually I read A few of the comics The other day They weren't good mm. They uh, The last the the comics that I've, that I've read lately that well lately is in the past few years, even the past fifteen or twenty years, uh, have been Elseworlds or one shots, miniseries, and they're usually DC. Uh, Marvel has had one or two. Marvel had the Civil War series, which was great. The Civil War thing we we saw it in uh, Captain, Captain America three. But the thing about that is that is a my that is a. Uh, a bare bones of what happened in the Marvel Universe. You had the X-Men fighting each other on, on either side of that. You had the entire Marvel Universe lining up and everybody picking their side. You know, you had battles in the streets all the time. I mean, you had Cap fighting Wolverine. You had, you know, all, these... Who'd win that fight? <sighs> um, contrary to popular belief, Wolverine does not have superhuman strength. Oh. He has superhuman durability... He can heal. He, yeah, he's got. Uh, he's he's peak. He's peak human strength and stuff like that. Like more than peak. Like he's, he's like Brock Lesnar. He's like in good shape. And- oh, more than that. I, he'd be. He'd be a person that would just you couldn't credit. You almost couldn't credit it, some of the things he could do. Captain America does have superhuman strength. He also has that vibranium shield, which is actually stronger than Wolverine's claws. Couldn't break Wolverine's claws. But it gives them enough of a of an edge. Captain America wins that fight, mm. um, and we're never going to get to see it. No, we're not. Not on the screen. Well, they're well, no, and because uh, Evans is not going to reprise the role. 
So he's so good at it. Yeah, he is. He is. He, I, you know, we've talked about that before, but he is so great at that role. And I was so he, he does look nervous. Like the the all American boy. He does. Yeah. And I was so nervous about it because I hated him in Fantastic Four. But the only reason I hated him in Fantastic Four because it was shit. Is because of the <laughs> shitty fucking movie. It was written so terribly. And I think he knew that. <coughs> because I saw him in uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world And I fucking <laughs> love that Hey bro He's got, <laughs> He does all those corny All that corny shit He's really great at it But um, he, he was just really good And uh, You had like You know The whole universe had lined up And who was fighting each other Then in Marvel You also had one that Alex Ross did Called Earth X <clears throat> Which is this thing where this virus is set loose on the Earth by the Celestials or something to to speed up human evolution and turns everybody into a mutant. And it does different things to different people. Like, it totally removes the Hulk from Banner. It becomes, it becomes its own creature. But now they're more symbiotic than they've ever been because Banner is a little kid and the Hulk is this giant gorilla monster. It's a really fucking cool idea. And... He's like 10 times as strong as he ever was as the original Hulk. You know what I mean? He's just terrifying creature, but he's all under Banner's control. It's really fucking. I love that dichotomy. They're like so he's sort of know, like Krang inside that big guy. Basically, like yes. It's like, yes. <laughs> um, then you had. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then Spider Man got fat. Doesn't that character kind of remind you of Meatwad? Yes, <laughs> I love Meatwad. In the in the Spider Verse movie, mm-hmm. there's a fat Peter Parker. See, I, I, I hear that movie's amazing. It's got like a ninety eight percent of fucking Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. I knew it was I, I somewhat knew it was going to be a little bit good. I mean, it's just too too kooky of a concept not to quite work. There's like I mean? a pig Spider Man or something. Peter Porker. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> that's actually a thing. That was a comic book. There's like uh, Miles. What's his name? Miles Morales. Yeah, he, he's a Spider Man. In the in the Spider Man game, there's a Miles Morales. Sure, you're like helping him. There's actually a Spider clone named Ben Riley. That was one of the most notorious Spider Man stories ever. It said that at one point Peter Parker had actually died, and the clone had been Peter Parker the whole fucking time. His oh, name was Ben Riley. Everybody's like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're destroying my childhood." <laughs> it was a really cool idea. It just didn't work. Um, and they eventually said, "Well, we really fucked up with that." They reversed it. Said, "No, no, the whole time we were, you know, it's it's that, turn. That, that never happened, you know." Um, Peter Parker ended up killing Ben Riley because Ben Riley became a villain or some shit. I don't know fucking know. Anyway, uh, there was Earth X, which is really good. Uh, but in DC, you have all these iconic comics. You've got The Dark Knight Returns. You've got Kingdom Come. Uh, one of the best is Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis is one of the most amazing fucking comic books because it is, it is so brutal and violent. And also, it taps into a thing that really examines the Justice League and all the superheroes as people, not just as superheroes. And basically somebody got murdered in the in the Justice League headquarters, right? Everybody doesn't remember it. It's like the uh, blank spot in everybody's memory. And of course, who's the one who's going to figure this out? World's greatest detective. Bruce Batman. Wayne. Batman's fucking Batman. Chain. Batman's chasing it down. And he's and he's gonna find out, and they see him getting closer and closer, and a, and a kind of select few know what happened. One of them is Superman. Oh no! So they cover this whole thing up, and at the end, 
Batman finally figures it out, and he's running at the rest of them. He's got this battering out, and he's going to start throwing. He's just going to go at them. And the beginning of the comic is this person looking down at this team photo of the Justice League, and it's a family picture. Everybody's smiling. You know, mm-hmm. the Adams on somebody's shoulder. Bruce Wayne's kind of sitting there. You know, he doesn't want to take the picture, but he's taking it. You know, everybody's just who they are in the picture. It's a really beautiful piece of artwork. And then at the end is that picture smashed. And, oh, that's and blood on it. I want to see that movie. And it said, uh, well, they need to make a movie out of that. And it, and it had uh, Superman narrating it at the end. And he said, Bruce would never would have, he never would have accepted this. This could have destroyed everything. He needs to understand that some things are bigger than Batman, and that's the end of the comic. Oh, it was it was crazy. Oh, yeah, well, it's dark. Yeah, it is dark. And then you have the Dark Knight Returns, which of course it's amazing. Yeah, dude. Did you watch the? the yeah, I've seen the movies. I've seen the cartoon. I've seen Year One. Yeah, Year One is the, another Frank Miller. That's a great one. Um, then you have the one that I said. And I've said this before, and I wish somebody at fucking Warner Brothers would listen to me. Kingdom Come, which should be the end game for fucking DC. It should be the final story, just like Infinity Gauntlet and all that stuff is is the end game for Marvel, at least in this. We all know that Marvel is going to take a slide after all these characters are gone. That's just the way it is. It's the way of the world. You know, it just can't. You can't keep all those balls in the air at once. It's just not going to happen. But Kingdom Come is the. It is so. It is super dark. And it's all these. The end is a knockdown, drag out, slobber knocker between Superman and Captain Marvel. Shazam! Be- yeah, beating the dog shit out of each other. You've talked about that one before, yeah. Yeah, and it's all painted. And you know, Batman, of course, was playing the. He was he. He thought he was going to be in the villains for a while, and then he turns out he was playing them the whole time, <laughs> just like Batman would. And but him and Wonder Woman get into a fight. And he says something really cutting at her because that's one thing Bruce Wayne, especially in this story and all the best stories about Bruce Wayne, you tell her her makeup really, looks shitty. He, well, he's really cutting. Like he's <laughs> he's like he's like that's the uh, Amazonian dictum, dictum, isn't it? Uh, force peace and don't be afraid to bully your knuckles while you're doing it. And she gets pissed. She turns around and said, "You aristocratic bastard!" And swings her sword at him. They get into a fight. You know, it's it's a really great comic. You know, and I just wish that. DC had started with some kind of end game in mind, like Marvel did. Some of the things Marvel did didn't pan out. There will never be another Incredible Hulk movie. There won't. But he's fine as a supporting guy. Yeah, he's great. And Ruffalo, man, really filled those shoes. I think that he even fits better than uh, than uh, Ed Edward Norton, Norton ever would have. You know, he, he just Ed Norton doesn't have that. He he has the comedy in him, but it's not that kind of comedy that fits. It just doesn't. His personality doesn't fit with those others. He he could be more goofy, yeah. Because he was great in uh, Death to Smoochie. As a yeah, he was good. I mean, he's a good actor, man. I've always loved Ed Orton. Um, and you know, I, I Marvel just. I was watching Avengers again today. Avengers is a great movie. The first one, yeah, yeah. Or uh, Age of Ultron. It has its moments. I've only seen it once, but there's some pretty good fights in it, at least. Well, the fight between Iron Man and the Hulk, where he's got that jackhammer thing, he's like, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to put him out. He jumps up and he spits that tooth out, and he's like, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because that's the thing. Um, one thing we'll never get to see, speaking of comics, is uh, there are a couple great fights between Wolverine and the Hulk. Man. And um, the best one is, and I'll even get this cover up. It's one of the most I- iconic 
comic book covers ever is by Todd McFarlane, the guy who did Spawn. Todd McTarlane. Let's see. Uh, hold on. Feels good to have some whiskey. I bet. Been three months. I bet you're getting a nice little buzz on. Go. It's not too bad. It's pretty good. Oh, that's pretty dope. Yeah, that is pretty See the reflection of the Hulk. Awesome. See the reflection of the Hulk in the claws. Right. Yeah. And Santa Claus. It's a great. It's a great comic. Actually, had that comic at one point. It's actually worth a lot of money at one point. And um, you know, all these things that Marvel made missteps in the beginning, but man, they have really. Other than the fact that I don't think there's going to be an Adam Warlock movie. I don't think they're going to, they're going to include him. Adam Warlock was the gold guy? Yeah. Mm. Remember at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, it's Adam Warlock! I was shaking that. <laughs> I was like, what? Because I, I don't know shit about <laughs> yeah. any of these characters except for the ones so I've excited. seen already. It's Adam Warlock! It's Adam Warlock! <laughs> I just rely on him telling me like who's co- who might be coming up. So yeah. I, I was like, who the fuck is Adam Warlock? Sounds like an old wrestler. I'm in, yeah. okay? <laughs> Sounds like an 80s wrestler. Let's do this. Uh, Comes out in his tights. <laughs> pulls a brass knucks out of his trunks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my favorite thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, I watched a CNN documentary called The 90s. It's like a little documentary series. I think four or five parts. Pretty fucking good. Yeah, they're really good. CNN should stop trying to be news and just do stuff like that. Right. Just like I'm, I'm probably going to watch the 80s one at some point and the 70s one. But the 90s one is fucking good. Yeah. Made me remember a whole bunch of shit. Like how much the world changed. Give me the member berries. Yeah. Well, how much shit changed between like when the internet first started and everything. Like, and you can get something called electronic mail and <laughs> yeah. send something to someone all over the world. You can download pictures. It only takes 45 minutes per photo. Between like 92 and 99. Yeah. Like I didn't start getting on the internet until like 96. Mm-hmm. Whatever we were allowed to get on the library internet at, at school. Yeah. But uh, it showed, like, all the music. There was all the fucking pol- political stuff. The Bill Clinton and just all of it. And, like, there was, like, the... Like, I didn't realize that the Monica Lewinsky thing came from, a, like, a Mueller-type guy that was investigating Whitewater. And that's how they got the Monica Lewinsky thing. Yeah, I mean, I, Linda Tripp gave the guy um, that was investigating the um, tapes of her talking to Lewinsky, mm. and that's how it came. Get him for whatever you can, I guess. Well, that's the thing. I don't. I don't think. I think there's a difference between those two cases because I do think that Moore, being a law enforcement officer, is you have to. Once you find illegality, you have to deal with it. Yeah. So it wasn't a political, this is not a political uh, dig. This is, I was appointed to do this, and I found all this shit, and it's got to be dealt with. Well, it's just like, you know? uh, that's what um, Al Capone, that's what got him yeah. down with tax evasion. It wasn't anything to do with any of the right. Organized crime stuff. It was just tax evasion. And all the things I've I've read and tried to go into Mueller and see if he's he's legit, man. I mean, he really is. He he's done a couple of things that maybe uh, I don't know. Nothing ever that would seem to me that would be 
like immoral or you know you know what I mean like he seems to be just a guy who loves his country and trying to do his job you know what I mean he was a he's a bona fide war hero he's um he's a button down boss he you know what I mean he, he he's been married the same one he's just the guy he's 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 one he's of those kind of handsome and like an old guy type yeah he's 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 that uh, rugged he's that uh, probably looks good with a mustache. Probably would just just a mustache, you know. He's one of those. Uh, he's an Irish, you know, one of those group, the one of that generation of Irish people, and they were still considered somewhat immigrants, and they they, they were in prep schools and stuff like that, and trying to prove themselves with the John Carries and John F. Kennedys and people like that. He's one of those. So I I like him. I kind of like the guy. I think, and not just the fact that he's nailing Trump, and not the fact that he's nailing Manafort and all these, and he's going Roger Stone's next. Roger Stone is. Fun. I think Roger Stone's probably cutting a deal. I don't think Roger Stone. Roger Stone see the inside. Of, Roger Stone's going to sing like a bird. He doesn't give a fuck. Well, that's what I'm saying though. Is he? He tries to be Mister Tough Guy. I'll never turn on the president. Like, yeah, yeah, you would. You fucking idiot. Yeah. He means nothing to you. you. Soft piece of shit. Everybody knows you, you, that uh, you'd sell your mother for a fucking nickel. What I look I mean, forward just, to in uh, the, probably the first six months of this year, Trump is going to uh, make marijuana federally legal. He's gonna try to I save himself. Guarantee it. He's gonna try to save himself any way he can. And well, that's been rumored for the last few months that there's gonna be sweeping change as far as the drug laws go. Right. So then the hippies are really gonna have a real catch. Gonna be a, 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 a real uh, a real catch twenty two there. Well, I hate this motherfucker, but he made weed legal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real real fucking conundrum. Yeah. He's doing all these things that you're supposed to support. And yeah, I know he's a piece of shit. They're all pieces of shit. Everybody's a piece of shit. You're automatically a war criminal the second you take the oath. Yeah. Pretty much automatically. But, I mean, he's, he's pulling us out of two of them. Allegedly, he probably won't. He's probably just saying that he will. Yeah. And uh, made hemp legal. He's going to... Um, uh, I read something that the, the IRS is like... Down to like 60% capacity. Like, they're not... Operating at full capacity anymore. They like they went from like six million audits all the way ten years ago. And last year they only did like three hundred thousand, six hundred thousand. Yeah, see, audits. that's the thing. I mean, it's ironic that a person who has been fucking the system his entire life has finally got in in control and done exactly what we wanted him to do from the beginning. Only it's him, you know. What I mean? Like he's, he's, he's doing it. He's doing it to save his own ass, but it kind of helps us at the he's, same time. He's out here fulfilling Obama's campaign promises. Yeah, he really, is. but he's doing it to save his own ass. That's great. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what the motivation well, is. Yeah, yeah it's mean, like if a, if a some if a if a uh, billionaire walked up to me and gave me a hundred thousand dollars, and he's like. I'm just giving this to you so you don't fuck my daughter. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to fuck your daughter then. Like, I swipe, me and his daughter matched on Tinder. I'm getting ready to go take her to Pound Town. He gives me a hundred grand. Hey, man, that's cool. I'm not going to fuck your daughter now. Sure. I'm still going to fuck his daughter, though. Yeah, no. Especially if he gives me cash. He's not taking it back for me. I can whip that old man's ass. He doesn't want any of this. He don't want none of this smoke. I mean, there's no, no contract, right? Yeah, there's no contract. He's the, he's a billionaire. Doesn't I don't think smart. there's any boilerplate, don't fuck my daughter contract. <laughs> <laughs> I had another favorite thing um, from this week. I was doing commentary on Tuesday evening with Andy. We did commentary for the wrestling, yeah. and we were both salty. I was still sick. <laughs> he had just worked 10 hours. So you guys were just talking shit. <laughs> well, well, Kyle had to cut out a bunch of stuff because we would be like, what, what the fuck is this? 
what are we doing here? <laughs> it wasn't even like it was bad. It was like there's certain things that just don't need to be going so long. Like the cameraman, um, he had uh, had a dude uh, run the camera, and, and he would have to run around, and it would be like. And then Andy would go, let's go, let's go to our Blair Witch Cam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Frampton. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we weren't shitting on the wrestlers or anything, but we were just pretty salty about it. It's up right now, actually, on Fight TV. Mm. It's for free. He's made them all free now. Okay. So anybody can go watch them. But it was a lot of fun, even though we, we, we were, neither of us were into it. <laughs> It was just, just, uh, fuck. Uh, Here comes Keith Hott again. I'd love it if Keith Hott was on, but he wasn't on this one. Was he not? No. He's actually a really good wrestler. He's very good. I enjoyed him very much. He's four foot six, 325 pounds. (laughs) (laughs) Juicy printed across his ass or something. (laughs) I would actually love that if he had juicy across his ass. Um, What else? Um... You want to do like a quick rundown of the favorite stuff from the year? Favorite movie this year? Go. Infinity War. John, anything? No. Nothing. Even a movie, for, an old movie that you saw. I watched. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody. You like that a lot? I liked it. And I watched it. I'd, since you said Infinity War, even though I think it is my favorite movie of the year, I want to say a, a Quiet Place. I think it's one of the best horror movies I've seen in a long time. Okay. Um, album of the year. I'll say Father John Misty. Uh, yeah. Whatever that album's called. I really enjoyed it. I like the Foster the People album. You did? Mm-hmm. I like it too, actually. I listened to, at least, I don't know if I listened to the album, but I saw them on a festival play. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. John? Father John Misty? Yeah. I don't, I don't recall any other new ones. I haven't really been... Haven't been following the music very well. Okay. I did write a song about Donald Trump, a Christmas song about Donald Trump. Would you like to sing that song for us? Do you need a music bed? No, I can. Is sing it, it is it to the tune of anything? Uh, no, okay. it is, but I can. I can find a karaoke track. I guarantee. <laughs> it's um, it's to the tune of, uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Please let me find this. <laughs> but I just have a few lines, so it might be all for waste. This is going to be great. It's, would you like the Mariah Carey version? Karaoke. I think you're making this too. You're, you're, you're no. You mess this up. Okay, you go ahead then. You, you mess it up then. Fine. It's just one line, really. It's, he's making a list. He's got a big dick. He, sound, he sounds really great when he talks about it. Donald Trump <laughs> is coming to town. That's it. So you didn't really write a song. You wrote some of a song. Uh, I didn't even do that. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what other stuff happened this year? Um... Donald Trump's best president ever. Um, He's the outrage culture was pretty big this year. Yeah, it was. Oh my god! Uh, we talked about them getting rid of scars in movies in Britain. People with scars on their faces—that's pretty stupid. Um, advertising for hot people in Britain—that's another thing. They're t- like attractive people aren't allowed to be in advertising anymore, or something. Really? The, the, the social media has been. 
going through some changes, like some pretty drastic changes. I'm going through changes. Like no, I did not know that was a Black Sabbath song. Really? Yeah, because it's at the beginning of Big Mouth, and it's like a black soul singer guy doing it. Mm. It's fucking amazing. And then I saw it was a Black Sabbath cover. And it's good, too. Yeah. Same song. It's the same song. It's just when the black guy sings it. Yeah. Doesn't sound like Ozzy. No. Oh, but um, there's. Been I a, think that's my favorite TV show. There've been lots of censorship happening with the big tech companies. Oh yeah, year. this has been a this has been a win year for the censorship crowd. Absolutely. Tumblr just got rid of all the all the adult stuff. They're like censoring anybody that posts any anything sexy on there. Um, Facebook is hammering down. Tum uh, tw- Twitter's hammering down. Uh, Patreon has kicked off people, which Patreon's like the, it's like a crowdfunding thing. Like say if we, if we had 10,000 listeners a week, we could do a Patreon page. And if they pay like a dollar a month, we give them an extra episode a week. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what Patreon does just, just for them, just for the people that pay. Yeah. And, uh, they kicked off a guy because he said, uh, in, he said nigger. What he said was really poorly worded and really bad. It made him sound really bad, but I know what he was trying to say. Right. And he could have said it so much better, but he said it on somebody else's platform. He didn't say it on Patreon, and they kicked him off for that. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just there's all kinds of changes happening where where the um, social media, all media in general, is becoming more Orwellian a lot. I think that's been sure. a big, big theme of 2018 is just how fucking... Uh, much control of so few people have over our information right now, even though we've got this amazing internet and all access to so much information. There, I've just noticed a big change in the last year. Yeah, they're being very uh, stingy now. Like, I notice whenever I say something, it'll get way less traction. It might just be because people think I'm an asshole. I don't know. Which, you know, that's fair. <laughs> that's fine. But if I say something anti-Trump, it gets a lot more, lot more fucking love and high five. I've, well, I've noticed the. Uh, I don't know if I get unfollowed, which is a big, big possibility, or else part of my ego wants me think wants me to think that people don't want to try me anymore. <laughs> that's that's a lot of what I think. I, mean, I, I don't. It's not like I'm going to tear. I'm not going to destroy somebody, mm. but I'll just give them what I know, like a little bit of. Logic and facts. Well, it's just yeah. fa- Facebook in general seems to have just kind of tamed out as far as the interactions go. Like people are so they're kind of worn out with the with the with the warfare, and they're just less likely to get into a situation where there's going to be conflict. Right. It seems like. It seems I had like a people. thread a few months ago where I asked people to post pictures of their uvulas, and multiple people posted like there it was like a twenty some comment thread, and like there's at least a few pictures of uvulas. Yeah. And, that got, gets way more traction than anything. Else. Oh yeah, I, or yeah, I posted a uh, a poll where I said, "What should I wear to bed tonight?" <laughs> yeah. And people T-shirt. that people that I didn't even know I was friends with that I forgot existed <laughs> chimed in for that poll, and it was the, the the options were what I have on or some cozy Betty bullshit. <laughs> I posted uh, a, a, a bullshit poem today. Roses are red. They think. They're supposed to be protectors, but police are just glorified revenue collectors, and that really got no—they got no traction. Yeah, yeah, I figured there'd be a couple of umbridges with that. No, 
Nothing. It's, it's, it's also true. Blue lives matter. <laughs> just because everybody knows somebody who's a cop, and they're like, well, my friend Donnie's not too bad. Yeah, my friend that used to put people's heads in toilets in high school, and then that's where he peaked, and now he's a, now he's a cop because he still wants power over people. He's a cop, and his life matters. Anyway, Umbridge. <laughs> oh, fucking advertisement for the Undertaker theme song. Ooh! How much money do these motherfuckers need? I can Umbridge with that. How many yachts do you need to ski behind? <laughs> How big's your fucking yacht gonna be? <laughs> no. <laughs> Blubber. No! <laughs> <laughs> I like our friends. <laughs> we have fun. <laughs> hey. Peter Griffin, see? Hey. Hey. Peter Griffin is Paul Bear. That's what I want to say. Oh my God, I would love that so much. Uh, you uh, Kane? Hey, uh, Undertaker, there. <laughs> Kane, you want a piece of the Undertaker? Kane, would you fight your brother for me? <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Hey, uh, would you like to end Hulkamania? <laughs> hey, Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Would you like to be on my second rate TV show? <laughs> He's on the Cleveland Show. <laughs> he was on the Cleveland yeah, Show. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Woo! Cleveland! <laughs> yeah. I actually like the Cleveland Show. I like Cleveland Jr. Uh, what? Cleveland Junior's hilarious. No, he's hey, I'm Cleveland Junior. I, got, oh, I talk like yeah. a fat kid. Look at me. Because <laughs> remember, whenever he was on Family Guy, the first time he saw Cleveland Junior, he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, but he got real he fat got and diabetes. stupid. Yeah. Look how stupid I am. He kind of sounded like Biggie Smalls. <laughs> it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Anyway, Umbridge, what we got? Charles. Charles um, Delson Raleigh. Hey. I got an Umbridge with that guy. <laughs> um. I just think society in general. Um, I've pretty broad. Well, I've read a bit of Nietzsche before, mm-hmm. and that makes you a philosopher, my friend. Well, it makes me somebody who wanted to see what all the the fuss was about, <laughs> yeah. all the hubbub. Yeah, that that spoke Zoroaster or some shit. But one of the things that stuck with me is his. His thing about man versus Superman That One man Follows society's rules And does what he's supposed to do And that makes him less And the other man Steps outside of society's rules And breaks all the rules And makes him more And How We especially as men Don't know what we're supposed to do I mean They say you're supposed to be good To people They say you're supposed to be nice On this shit Once you are Seems that way I don't know they say most men live lives of quiet, quiet desperation. desperation. It's, uh, Henry David Thoreau. That's most people, though. I mean, it's uh, and it's true. But well, that's also what Kierkegaard said. All kinds of them said that existentialists. Mm. He said that uh, the sickness unto death. Uh, that was the thesis of his book. The, the sickness unto the sickness unto death is despair. That we're all in despair. We're basically just striving to distract ourselves from the, the despair that it, that accompanies exi- just being alive, being a human being. Right. 
Uh, he was that's some dark fucking Kierkegaard. That's some dark shit. You yeah, know so was so was yeah, so was Nietzsche. Yeah. Not all not dark dark, but just you know existential. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know, man. Sometimes it's very disheartening when you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I um, uh, I don't I don't feel that way about it. I actually find it kind of comforting, like because I'm depressed anyway. Yes. Yeah, so true. for me to like re- to read the shit, like oh wow, it's like okay, this is it's like makes me feel it's like okay, this is why I'm depressed. There's like these real truths that are you know about existence that are you know not that I'm a victim or anything, but they're, they're like good reasons for being depressed. You know what I mean? There are good reasons for struggling with things the way that I struggle with things. And it's like reading these philosophers to me is like kind of comforting. It's the same reason why like listening to like a really really sad heartbreaking song to me can be like uplifting. Sure. You know, because it's like, I, I feel that, like, I identify with that. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like, I'm not... There's somebody else. I'm not just a piece of shit for feeling this way. I, there, you know, it's like, I'm I'm united with that person's experience that is emotionally similar to mine or, or intellectually sim- similar to mine. So, I, I mean, I, I don't... That's that's the one thing that, that, that makes me a lot different from the average person, is that thing right there, that what I just said, is the fact that I'm actually... Inspired and uplifted by things that everyone else is like. It's depressing. It makes me want to flip my wrist or whatever it is. It's like I'm. I'm actually like no. That's the shit that I like. <laughs> it really. It's really difficult living in a. You know, being that person. You know, right. In a culture where everyone, the thing that you love and that you're most passionate about, that you think is the most beautiful, great thing, someone says that it's just like makes me want to slip my wrists. I mean, that's 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 a, that's a rough, the, you know. That's a little bit rough. You've, you've heard of, uh, plenty of my songs, and there've been people that, that have talked to me about them. Like, are you okay? Are you? <laughs> yeah. Are you going to kill? Are you going to kill you? I've like, had that stuff before. I know dude. you've had it too. People that read your stuff writing has mm-hmm. probably said the same thing. It's just like, no, man. This is how you get it out. This, I mean. Maybe if I wasn't doing that, maybe I'd want to feel that way. And I'm not I mean, any different than anybody else. Listen to a Beatles song or a Rolling oh, Stones song. Oh, Jesus They're Christ. talking about some dark-ass shit, but everyone's like, ooh, it's normalized. Because someone else it, does it. When they play it in a major key and make it sound kind of happy. But there's some dark shit, especially in those early, early Beatles songs. Some of it's not in a major key. Some, some of it's of in it. a... It's all my... It's like dominant minor, and it's really dark, and they're still like... You know what I mean? I don't understand people's... I just don't understand other human beings. I don't know what it's like to be other human beings. It's very frustrating for me to, to be alive. And I can't <laughs> interact with other people because I don't understand other people. We had like that uh, Pete Davidson guy, the Saturday Night Live comedian. Like he had like his thing last week where he put on Instagram that he doesn't want to be on this earth anymore. And this guy has everything going for him. He, j- he was just engaged to Ariana Grande, who's this little fucking pixie who's like one of the hottest things on the face of the earth. And <laughs> and they broke up, and he's he's also naturally depressed. He's got clinical depression. His dad died on nine eleven. All this stuff, and like people are like, "Oh, is he okay? He's gonna be fine." Just let the guy go through the thing. Maybe he, right. he didn't post a thirst trap telling everybody that he wants to kill himself. It might be different. But see, that's the thing too is that I can't. If you haven't noticed, as depressed as I am, I don't ever, ever post some kind of. Uplifting or ambiguous thing on Facebook. I just don't do that because I just don't want to annoy people with it. And you don't depression signal either. No, I mean, I, but I'm depressed. I mean, I'm depressed most of the time. 
Hey, God, we should start a club. We should start a podcast about it. <laughs> I mean, it helps me sometimes. Like, it's feeling like you're not shit is a powerful motivator. Mm-hmm. That's why I've been lifting. I mean, I started squatting every day. I started with a reasonable weight, and I'm going to increase it by five pounds. Started with 225. It's very reasonable. And, you can, and you then, do that in your sleep. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm going to go five pounds a week, and I feel better because it's it's a metaphor. I know it's people have used this one a thousand times, but it doesn't make it any less true. Squatting is a metaphor for life. You have a weight crushing you down. You got to stand up with it. So it's true. <clears throat> you put the son of a bitch on your back and. You got to get it up. Right. And if you're not careful, you could get injured and get set back years. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to stretch your hammies out before life. <laughs> you blow, blow, your <laughs> blow your butthole out and have to get surgery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the fucking... There's like Kurt Cobain. That guy had everything going for him, but he still blew his head off. He obviously didn't. Yeah. Well, it's just... Somebody can tell you a thousand times how great you should feel. People have. And you just don't feel it. People, you know? people have been like... They tell me all the time. Wow. They're like, John, you're the greatest man who has ever lived. <laughs> and I'm just like, whoa. Hold on there, I mean, that's nice, but... I mean, thank au- you. A kind of awkward. <laughs> a little awkward. You could tone it down. I mean, who's ever lived... I mean, at least say that's currently I mean, living. Better than Gallagher. I mean, that, that's currently living. That's that's reasonable. Better than Emo Phillips. Better than Shecky Green. Shecky, tone it down a little bit. Make things a little less awkward for yourself. Because right now, you look like cuck. You look like a total piece of shit right now. Better than Abe Vigoda. I mean, I know you're complimenting me, but uh, as the greatest man who's ever lived, allegedly. In your eyes. I don't approve of the way you're doing this. <laughs> Better than Robert Sapolsky? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Better than fucking Terry Nichols? And people ask me how I do it. That's and I'm a just deep like, pull from the fucking is. Oklahoma City <laughs> bombing. <laughs> Better than Ted Kaczynski. People and then people ask me how they do it. They're like, "How do you, you know, how do you do it?" I'm just like, "Well, when I go to Shoney's and I get the and I get the um, the grilled chicken entree, the dinner entree comes with a salad, piece of chicken, and a baked potato. And like, how do you get three meals out of that?" And I tell them, I say, "Well, first I eat half of the piece of chicken." For and then that's my meal while I'm at the restaurant. And then I take the rest to go home. And then the next day for lunch, I have the baked potato as one of my meals. And then the last day, I take the last little piece <laughs> of chicken, I cut it into little strips, and I put that on the salad, and I eat that with the salad dressing. And then that's the third. That's how you get three meals out of one Shoney's meal. <laughs> Something. They ask, and people are always asking me how I do it. So I'm going to share some of my secrets with you. <laughs> Uh, this is a sketch. This is <laughs> it really is. I can see you with like really thick glasses, <laughs> wear, wearing a shirt that's buttoned up all the way, but no tie, <laughs> and looking through the person that you're talking to, not really looking at them. <laughs> I'm gonna talk at you whether you want to listen or not. Bum, 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 bum. I don't know, man. Keep your head up. I don't know. <laughs> what's what's the thing that you spoke? I don't know. Fucking. Uh, why do you? Why are you so sad? And like, 
I don't know. I'm not, but you know, sometimes you get there. You get you get in the in the in see. The pit if you're going to write a song about something, it has to come from somewhere. It has to be some kind of inspiration that ignites you to write the song and to say these words. You have to have some kind of message behind it. I think I've done this on the show before, but yeah, you can't. So I'm not going to write a song about making a fucking sandwich because that's no one wants to hear. A song about me making a sandwich. I take the bread out of the bag and I get the I like bologna. I put the bologna in the skillet because I want a fried bologna, baby. <laughs> there's, an ex- there's an existential Texas, dilemma. Texas Pete. A <laughs> little bit of hot bologna. It's a West Virginia treat. I have an existential <laughs> dilemma about whether to use real mayo or the Miracle Whip. Yeah, that's, there's no existential. It's Miracle Whip it's for miracle whip bologna. All the way, yeah. yeah. The hell's wrong you don't with have you? this conflict in you. Not with a for some things. You are with a shallow a, person, sir. With, with a burger, I do have a conflict sometimes. If it's between Miracle Whip and Mayo, a grilled burger like at home, mm-hmm. Miracle Whip. Okay, what about a, a gourmet burger? Mayo skillet burger. Yes, Mayo Mayo. I like them in the skillet better. I like them on the grill. To be honest, depends. Depends on the. Quality of the meat. Mm, it's true. Um, it's ground beef. It's whatever. Yeah. Ground <laughs> ground sirloin. Anyway, anybody got anything else? I think we've done enough damage. We've we've thoroughly depressed ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> I've well, not yet I'm, begun I'm, to defile I have, I have myself. To go home and take a heroic dose of kratom. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> you can stay here and watch the dumb movies with us and do uh, a well, I gotta be you got your kid at home. Well, you got the boy, the girl. I always call Baxter the boy. Um, I've got... She's down at Bob's, but I, we're going to get up super early. And oh, so she's in for the, the holidays? That's sweet. She flew in today. Excellent. Well, she doesn't know who I am, but tell her I said Merry <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> tell her I said um, that uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. She's an atheist, so... Okay. Well, tell her that anyway. Tell her, tell her to enjoy all the hell. More, all the <laughs> tell more, her to enjoy hell. That's all the more reason for you to tell her about Jesus. 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 Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> all right. Since this is a New Year's show, I'm going to play a New Year's song. Let's see if I can find one. Crazy boy. Hmm. So this is a new year. I'm not going to play that one. Let's see. I kind of want to play this one. It's uh, Zoe Deschanel and Joseph Gordon-Levitt singing What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? Thanks for listening, you bunch of queers. We've, we thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure being uh, the greatest podcast on earth in 2018. And I hope you guys have a lovely, <laughs> lovely 2019. Goodbye forever. (laughs) Maybe it's much too early in the game. But I thought I'd ask you just the same. What are you doing, New Year's Eve? Who's gonna be the one to hold you tight when it's exactly 
12 o'clock at night Welcoming in the New Year's New Year's Eve Maybe I'm crazy to suppose I'd ever be the one you chose Out of a thousand Invitations you receive But in case I stand one little chance Here comes the jackpot question in advance What are you doing New Year's, New Year's Do it.